Recorded live. A U N American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human god to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Condit Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hey, thanks, everyone. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. We were going to celebrate the eighth anniversary last week, but I couldn't make it. I had to be out of town. I was back east uh, picking up our our son from college, and we drove across the country to get him back home after a baseball tournament. Uh, beautiful weather to and from, and we made it home safely. But uh, eight years ago this month, we started this call, as everybody knows, in the wake of doing the activism all across the country for Aaron Russo's documentary, America, Freedom to Fascism. We told the story many times on the call, but we're going to just spend the first part of our call tonight, in addition to having our special guest, uh, Pat Riot, uh, update us for about 15, 20 minutes. We're just going to reminisce about the eighth anniversary uh, in the first hour. And then, and then leading into the second hour, we have uh, one gentleman from Liverpool, John Taylor, Another gentleman all the way from San Francisco, Patrick Roddy. Uh, Patrick Roddy is the one who's affiliated with Alexander Hunter. He will be going to Paris. He's trying to raise some money to get there himself, but he's registered along with Alexandra. And there's a whole team of people around the world that are going to be going to that conference and standing up for, uh, you know, against the tyranny of our skies. It's happening, geoengineering, uh, climate control, weather modification, et cetera. So we want to uh, hear from Patrick about all that. John Taylor from Liverpool is a is a gritty, gutsy, sort of in-your-face, on-Facebook guy who documents uh, the affairs uh, of what's going on in the skies above Liverpool. 
And he really has a, a, a neat bent for documenting this stuff, and I thought it would be neat to have him on. We'll uh, get to hear a little bit of a, a Liverpool accent, uh, a.k.a. the Beatles. But uh, in any event, Pat, Son, thank you for coming back on to give us an update. Uh, here we are eight years into this call, Pat, and, uh, you know, it's been quite a venture, quite a trek, uh, quite a story. It just, just this, this call just keeps going like the energetic. Ener- Energizer Bunny. Uh, we've had so many guests on, but you've been, uh, uh, you know, once you get going, uh, the stuff that you have to, sh- you've had to share on this call is, is very provocative, uh, you know, um, and I don't think you can do a full-blown, you know, presentation tonight, but just give us an update on, on anything new that you got that's come down the pike and, since we've had you on about six months ago. Okay. It's it's nothing new, but it probably is new for the show. Okay. Any anyone that has listened to me, first of all, thanks. Thanks for thinking of me. Um, anyone that has listened to me on the show understands that I believe we live in the United States in a crime scene. It's a very active crime scene. It's been going ongoing for. Uh, over 150 years, and it's being perpetuated by a chain of command that leads to the same um, leadership. It's the Rothschild Banking family. Uh, they actually initiated the two banks of the United States prior to Lincoln. They failed. They were both killed, if you will, in scandal. And the Civil War was the result of that. I'm not going to go into how that was created, but the Civil War was created by the Rothschild banking family. August Schoenberg arrived here in 1837 and managed to kick the Civil War into high gear in the 1860s after he had changed his name to August Belmont. They killed Lincoln. They were using banking then, and they are using banking now to undermine and take our nation down. They are a small syndicate of Jews. They are not the Jews, which is one of the brilliant tactics that they use. They camouflage themselves within the population of Jews throughout the world. No different than the mafia is buried within the groups of people throughout the world called the Italians. The Jews are no more responsible for what Rothschild does than uh, the the Irish could be responsible for the Second World War. But there's an attribute that I have been communicating in the past four or five days with Larry Beecraft, who's a an attorney that's been around for a long time at, from Alabama, defending so-called tax protesters and people who have been charged with willful failure to file or criminal charges relative to the the income tax. He's won one or two. He's lost as many or more than he's won. And he and I go at it on a regular basis. I have been communicating with John Rowland of the Constitution Society. He's a known scholar of the Constitution. He's an expert witness in court federal on the Constitution. And I have thrown into the mix as of, I guess, two or three days ago, Edwin Vieira, who has many publications, many books written on the Fed. And I have uh, also thrown Debbie Kidd, who writes for, I guess it's Newsmax or one of those um, internet papers. Um, I forget which one it is, really. But I've got the four of them 
they get my they get my uh, uh, writing. I hear back from them rarely, uh, mostly because I think they're stifled. They haven't got an answer. Uh, typically, uh, Larry B. Kraft, as an attorney, has come back at me a number of times because I, n- I never make statements to him about these attributes that have been impacting our nation and, in fact, uh, is responsible for what we all see in our papers today and over the last 50 years and will, unless we stop it, will continue to see and will continue to work against our children and their children over the next 50 years. We need to stop these people now. But Larry and I get into a regular fight, and there have been many issues. Uh, One of the more interesting issues has been the distinction between the United States and the United States of America. They are two separate entities. A lot of people say no. Uh, When you ask the federal court, which we have, the federal court will either go silent or declare you as frivolous. But the fact of the matter is, in federal law, you will find distinctive differences in references to the United States and the United States of America, which brings me to the real issue that I'll I'll talk about for a few minutes. And, Fred, I would like it very much if you could give me a – because I tend tend to go on, and I don't really – I don't want to do that because you're going to give me a a period of time. Give me a five-minute warning, if you would, tonight. Okay. No, 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 no problem. Go ahead. And then I can I can race to wrap up wherever I am, get to from there. Uh, one of the more interesting aspects of the way our nation has been taken over has to you have to first understand that the Rothschild banking family are not bankers. This is a conclusion that I reached about four, maybe five months ago, and in my writings I've changed all of the references to the Rothschilds. To refer to the Rothschilds as a banking family would be going back in time to Alexander the Great and saying that they made great arrowheads, spears, and swords, and that they were swordsmiths or arrowsmiths, or they were spear makers. And as such, the spear makers were unconquerable, and they were, in fact, incredible warriors. The fact of the matter is they were not spear makers. They used spears in the conduct of their aggression and their war. Rothschild is not a banker. When we analyze and we take a close look at the Rothschild banking family and we see what they've done since the 1700s with their pumping up one puppet government next to another one and then setting them at war with each other, and then knowing in advance they had no money, they would then lend money to both sides until at such time they pulled the financing from the one they wanted to lose after they had extracted from the other one an agreement to pay the debts of the loser. And the interesting thing when they did these wars was that they made an agreement with the winning monarch that you will not change the borders between Bulgaria and Hungary or between whatever uh, geographical entity was fighting another geographical entity. And it took me about a year to understand why they extracted that concession from the entity, from the kingdom, from the monarch that they allowed to win over the loser and the loser's debts being paid by the winner. Why in the world would they extract from the winner the agreement that wouldn't change borders. Well, the reality was they didn't want any geographical boundary to grow larger and able to raise more taxes 
so that any monarch would be able to conduct a war without needing Rothschild money. It's a brilliant tactic of war. And I'm going to take you now to the tactics of war, how they've applied it here on U.S. soil. Bankruptcy was the weapon of choice. From even before Lincoln, they wanted to control the central banking of the United States because it allowed them to control the financial affairs of a nation that they had already deemed would be the largest and most powerful nation in the history of the world. And being such, it would have the most powerful military. It was a quick decision. Somewhere in the 1700s when we were at war or about to go to war with uh, King Henry or King whatever his name was, King George, I think it was, in the Revolution. And they said, you know, if these people over in the colonies ever get to control that piece of land, they will be indomitable and they will be able to run the world and they will have the military to do it and the economic sustenance to, to support it. We need to control that. Well, King George lost the war. And that was a big blow to Rothschild as well as King George. At a point in time, I believe there was a conversation in the monarchy that said, we'll get it back for you, King. Don't worry about it. We have some weapons. And over the century, they attempted to, to set that weapon in place with the first and the second U.S. Bank, which was our central banks, which even then would have been unconstitutional. And unconstitutional means that the Constitution never gave the Congress the authority to charter a private bank, much less a private bank that was a central bank. So in both of those cases, prior to Lincoln taking over, those central banks were unconstitutional. And they had limited charters, and they died. Both of them died. So after the second one died, the Civil War erupted, which was planned, and it was also planned that the South would win, and being spent as they would have been, the British and the French and anyone that wanted to divide up the American continent could have been here to make good on their agreements and take what was west of the Mississippi, what was east, east of the Mississippi, what was up in Canada, and it failed because Lincoln outsmarted them. He printed the greenback. He didn't take Rothschild's money. Money could not be withdrawn from Lincoln to make the war a loss. And Lincoln survived with the greenback, which had no value. It was essentially a precursor to the Federal Reserve note. But let's keep going forward. Rothschild failed. They killed Lincoln. John Wilkes Booth is not buried in Maryland's crypt, in his family crypt. He allegedly died a natural death in Ceylon, India, somewhere in the late 1890s. These are all preposterous presumptions, but there is enough meat on these bones to be able to prove it if you dig into it and drill down to the bottom of it, and I can't do that for you tonight. But it is mostly in my book about 9-11-343, which is the number of firemen murdered that day, which is the ugly truth about 9-11. Israel's 9-11. Israel is Rothschild's country. Israel was developed after the issuance of the Balfour Declaration 1917 to Lionel Rothschild. It essentially took Palestine as a piece of geography and granted it to the Jews, or if you will, the Zionists, who then began importing their brethren out of Russia. But Rothschild had things moving forward in this country, 
and he had it moving forward towards a bankruptcy. The bankruptcy was long planned. It had been planned before Lincoln. Lincoln thwarted them. And yet Andrew Jackson knew something was afoot. He didn't know the details as you're learning tonight. But when the Federal Reserve was formed, it was formed illicitly, unconstitutionally, as a privately owned bank. Not only as a privately owned bank against the Constitution, but a privately owned central bank, which was abhorrent to the Constitution. They really beat us into the ground with the formation of the Federal Reserve in 1913 as a privately owned bank. Now, that bank came into existence in 1913. On December 23rd, Woodrow Wilson signed it into law, an event he eventually did regret, and he wrote fairly directly about it. But that was done in December of 1913, and they had to now figure out how were they going to bankrupt, use this tool of bankruptcy, this, this war tool, this weapon, because that's what it is. It's a weapon of bankruptcy. How are they going to use this weapon of bankruptcy and drag the United States as the great nation it was into this bankruptcy that they were going to effectuate from 1913 forward? It was really a challenge if they were starting out in 1913 trying to figure it out. But they had planned it well. And a number of things happened in 1913 simultaneous to each other in those 12 months. In March of 1913, two amendments to the Constitution were illicitly ratified to the Constitution. Two amendments were illicitly ratified, meaning they were never ratified. But since we didn't have internet, telephone, television, newspapers like we have today, no one really understood what was taking place in government. All of the states got its information from Washington, so whatever Washington said, the states observed. So in the last days of the Taft administration, and our administrations, by the way, changed in March, not in January in 1913. But in the last days of the Taft administration, it was declared by Philander C. Knox, the Secretary of State, who had that singular responsibility, that the 16th and the 17th Amendments were, in fact, ratified. Well, I don't know how big an audience we have out here, how educated you are, but one of the things that fascinated me back around 2002, 10, 12, 13 years ago, was that two of the amendments for our Constitution were never ratified, and there's absolute proof found and, and located and, in fact, safe harbored by Bill Benson. And he was a revenue investigator in, in, in Illinois, who in the later early late 90s and early 90s found reason to travel to all 50 states to document whether or not the state itself voted for the 16th and 17th Amendments. And I don't know why he researched the 17th Amendment. It's fascinating that he did, and absolutely a godsend that he did, because the 17th Amendment was more critical to the downfall of our nation and the continued erosion of our nation into the hands of invisible captors right now, the state of Israel. Israel is Rothschild's construction. He needed a place to operate, so simultaneous to all of what he was doing in the United States through his agents, they were building the state of Israel in a formal, legal manner. Everything that they do has to be done and established by public law. Those are those words, those are their words out of the Jewish 
the Virtual Jewish Dictionary, which was a, a godsend to me about 10 or 11 years ago. Everything they do has to be done by public law, meaning that they have to have a law passed that's related to the fraud that they're imposing on a given nation or on a given set of devices that they're changing within that nation. They have to make it lawful, or if, they, if you will, legal. In our country, lawful means it's done with the full authority of the Constitution. That's one of the things we never teach our children. We don't teach anybody, really, many of us. Lawful and legal are two completely different words. Lawful means when our government does something according to the Constitution, it's well within the power of the government. They have the authority, and they do it, and it's done, finished. Legal means the Congress legislatively passed a law. That's all it means. It doesn't mean it's constitutional or otherwise. It just means that the Congress passed a law. So a good deal of our law is unconstitutional. It will remain that way until somebody takes the three to 500000 to attack it in the Supreme Court or has reason to be affected by it to take it back up and attack it in the Supreme Court. A great deal of our law is unconstitutional. It's legal, though, because the, the legislative body passed it. And Rothschild and his minions of Jewish attorneys, and again, you have to be careful here. I'm not attacking Jews. I'm attacking Rothschild's Jews, if you will, Rothschild's Zionist soldiers who have been embedded in our governments, both state and federal, over the last 90 years. It's a brilliant, brilliant tactic of war. That's why I claim and state clearly Rothschild and the family, his family, are warriors. They are not bankers. They merely use bankruptcy and debt that can be generated by banking tactics. They use those as weapons of war, or WMDs, I call it. WMDs, weapons of monetary destruction. Because once you have a government over the barrel bankrupt, you have a distraction that takes place to the point where you manipulate its other participants, the ones that don't know you are working as a soldier, for the other side, but you happen to be a duly elected senator, a duly elected House of Representatives, and you're in there. You're maybe numbering 20 or 50 at one time, and you're running this committee or that committee or the armed forces or the services. What it is that you do, you're running a committee or you're doing things to nudge or steer the general population of our government in one direction or another. So when bankruptcy occurs, when we're stressed to the point like we are today, and there is no money for this or that, and we have this, this puppet, this Israeli puppet, this black puppet, and he is an Israeli puppet. He's not an Islamic. I mean, he may be sympathetic to Islam, but he is chosen. He has been put there by Israel. David Axelrod, an Israeli citizen, managed to get Mr. Obama elected. But while he's running around spending enormous sums of money, which is not money, it's debt, it's just more debt, other, other soldiers within our government are moving things in one direction or another. In my email to Larry Beecraft and to John Rowland, the constitutional scholar, I think from constitution.org, uh, and Edwin Vieira, who writes extensively on the Fed, and he's got some bestseller books out, and he's well-known and highly credentialed, and I said, I sent you a copy of this today, Fred. You've got a copy, and you can forward it to anyone you'd like. We've got a difficulty over this last 12 years. I do, and many others do, in understanding how has the federal government come to be such a tyrannical power in the United States. It was given limited power by our 
Constitution. It wasn't given universal. It wasn't given absolute rule over all of these states. These states had everything that wasn't given to the Constitution, which was huge. Our Constitution is not a restrictive document. Our Constitution is in reverse of that. It's an empowering document. Jefferson and those that wrote it understood that no matter what they told this government that it could not do, there would be times somewhere into the future centuries and generations and centuries, etc., that the government would find things that they never thought about as founders. So they said, you know, instead of restricting this government, let's not tell it what it cannot do. Let's write a document that tells it only what it can do, one of which was not charter a bank, a private bank. So along with that, and God knows any number of other things that the federal government cannot do, the Constitution was written, and the government has a certain group of enumerated powers. And in there, you have courts that have jurisdiction. You have an Article 4 of our Constitution, an Article 4 federal court. You have an Article 6, an Article 6 federal court. And they both boundary what's called an Article 3 federal court. There are three different kinds of courts. The Article 4 and the Article 6 federal court are for the Congress and its private possessions. In other words, anything it has absolute rule over, like a monarch has a rule over a nation or over a country. The federal government could act like a monarch, a king, to its subjects in Puerto Rico, in Hawaii before it became a state, in Alaska before it became a state, in the Philippines before we gave it back up. Any place that Congress took possession of Wyoming, California, Dakotas, New Mexico, before they came states. Those territories and our possessions are absolute entities that Congress has absolute jurisdiction over. Article 4 and Article 6 courts gave the government places to ju of jurisdiction over those entities. But when it came to New York, Massachusetts, Ohio, and the 13 colonies, the federal government was restricted to an Article III court. Well, they gave it some clear definition in some of the rulings we've gotten out of the Supreme Court. The Article III court is called a District Court of the United States, DCUS, District Court of the United States. And in other Supreme Court rulings, they've made reference to those courts that the federal government has absolute control over its subjects and the people within. Those are called United States District Courts. It's a fascinating study on how Rothschild and his minion of lawyers twisted all of this to take the federal courts and put them in charge of you, Fred Smart, and you, Dee Dee, and Jim Condit, and the government of the United States was never given that authority by the Constitution. But it takes it. It takes it every day. So when you, if you're drawn into a federal court, would love to go into an Article III court because it has very limited jurisdiction over you. But it's never invoked as an Article III court. And if your attorney goes into it, fully trained, Ivy League could be the best trained lawyer around. He doesn't have a clue. But there are rulings from the Supreme Court over the last 70 years that make distinctions between the United States District Court and the District Court of the United States. Larry B. Kraft, myself, and John Rowland have gone round and round on this in recent months. 
and they refer, protecting the government, to arcane language within this legislation, that legislation, this legislation, that legislation. Well, you know, I kept looking at that, and I said, i got to answer these guys. I haven't had the chance until this morning, about 4 o'clock, I got up and I did about a 12-paragraph answer to them. Yeah, I'm asking them for a response, and I drew in Rothschilds taking our nation over by way of the bankruptcy of the Fed, and we get into, oddly enough, the 17th Amendment. Now, I'm jumping around a lot. I hope whoever is listening tonight doesn't get totally confused. The 17th Amendment was the most dangerous amendment in the history of our nation. And when you get to that amendment, you have to have a fundamental understanding of the difference between a republic and a democracy. If you don't understand what a democracy is, then this conversation, this little lecture I'm giving, and I apologize, it probably sounds like a lecture, will have no impact, but we are not a democracy. Our founders hated democracies. Democracy can be summed up in something given by that communist leader I forget his name, but he goes back into the 20s. And he said, democracies die. Once the population, majority of the population, understands they control the treasury, the democracy goes bankrupt and dies. And Rothschild understands that because Rothschild is predisposed to communism. And people then, and I'm jumping all around on you, people then say, wait a minute, Rothschild is supposed to be a banker. Well, he's not a banker, he's a warrior. But even if he was a banker, people say, if he's a banker, why would he like communism? Well, the fact is he's a nation's banker. And bankers want to get paid their debts. And if they can't collect a debt, they don't succeed as a banker. So if they're going to lend money to a nation, what kind of a nation do you think they'd like to lend it to? A uh, republic where everybody thinks and is, is individual and on their own? or a nation that is tyrannically controlled by a government so they can extort taxes whenever they need them. Rothschild's predisposed towards a, a, a democracy, if you will, or a communist sort of government, because you will find in our founders' words, democracy and communism are analogous to each other. They hated democracies. So what happened here? Rothschild pulled a swindle that was, in fact, incredible. He and his minion of lawyers, figuring all of these things out that had to always be done by public law, said, let's change the United States from the Democratic Republic into a pure democracy and not let any of the people know. In fact, if we do it right, we're going to make the people think they just got something for great freedom or free, and they're going to be ecstatic with something we're going to give them, but we're going to be basically taking their republic away and giving them a democracy. And then we'll go to work on bankrupting the democracy. Well, how'd they do that? Well, when this nation was formed, it had three parts. Three important parts. It had the states, it had the people, and it had itself. Three parts. The people came first. They formed the states, and then the states actually, through the Constitution, formed the federal government. Three individual, separate, distinct parts. 
And we were a republic as long as the states were represented in that legislative body called Congress. As long as the states had their two senators, this nation was a republic. Because the people had their representatives, but the people were different than the states. They may have resided in different states, but collectively throughout this nation, the people were the House of Representatives. And the states, they were the Senate. Well, if you were going to bankrupt this thing called the federal government, that all had to be rearranged. You had to change it. You really had to change it. But how could you do it without telling everybody that you were going to do it? How could you do it without letting the lawyers know? How could you do it without letting the judges know? Well, let's, let's create a problem. Let's create a problem. There's too much graphic corruption in the Senate, which they did in the early 1900s. The Progressive Party came out of the woodwork and screamed that favoritism was played because this senator was doing this and that senator, and they were chosen by a small body of electorates and uh, a legislative body of state. Let's get this fixed. Let's get rid of these senators from the state, and let's give the people in the nation the right to elect their own senators. Well, the 17th Amendment was created, and it simultaneously was declared, I won't say passed, but it was declared ratified by Philander C. Knox in 1913, in the early months of that year, before Taft went out of government and Wilson came in and took over, that other slimeball Democrat. But Taft stepped down the end of March. Wilson came in the end of March. The two amendments were declared under Taft, and the Federal Reserve was declared under Wilson in December 23, 1913. And the interesting thing is that Philander C. Knox, the Secretary of State in 1913 in March, left office. And we'd all point to him and say he's the bad guy because he's the one that illicitly declared the 16th and 17th Amendments when not one state voted for the 17th and only one or two could be claimed to have voted for the 16th, which is supposed, supposedly the income tax amendment, which, by the way, it's not. It never created a new tax. So let's stop. Let's back up a bit and see what happened here. Well, the 17th Amendment changed our nation from a democratic republic into a pure democracy, but it did something much, much more important. The bankruptcy that was headed our way, that the Federal Reserve would precipitate, and that was the, the reason for the Federal Reserve. It was our Trojan horse. It is no longer the Trojan horse. Quite frankly, it's a, it's a piece of genius of monetary architecture. I'm a big supporter of it. Rothschild is out to destroy it today. That's the funny thing. That Frankenstein was created, and he can't quite figure out how to kill it. So in 1913... Prior to the Fed's formation, the 17th and 16th Amendments were illicitly declared ratified. Oklahoma never voted for anything. They said it voted for both the 16th and 17th Amendments. Bill Benson went from state to state to state in 1989. He collected every frickin' piece of paper from each of those states. He demonstrates with, court, with certified evidence for federal court that not one state voted for the 17th Amendment and only one or two voted for the income tax. Now think about it. How many states in their legislatures were going to vote to give up the right to elect their own senators? None of them did. 
but we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have the communications that we have today. And the nation was fooled. They believed what they were told out of Washington. And it kind of went away. It wasn't a big deal. But it was a big deal. It wasn't going to be a big deal for 1913, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. The 17th Amendment wasn't going to be a big deal until 1925 to 1928, when the rest of the crime would be committed. Rothschild knew that they would work this nation into a bankruptcy. And in that bankruptcy would be enough distraction, diversion, so that they could elicit, take, steal, bargain, compromise, whatever they needed in the form of compromises from our Congress. And they did that, one of which was jurisdiction. They made a uniform jurisdiction of all Article 3, 4, and 6 courts so that those courts began the process of tyrannical, tyrannical rule over all the citizens of the United States instead of just those territories and possessions that Congress had absolute control over. I won't go into the detail on that, but let's back up. Hey, Pat, uh, just, just a heads up. Uh, some of our guests are going to be calling in at this point. I just wanted, if they're on, just uh, yes. we're going to be I've... wrapping up the first hour here, uh, Pat, both Patrick Roddy and John Taylor, uh, as they come on uh, from here on out. But uh, so just about five, five, six, seven minutes, and then we'll wrap this up. You got it. And, uh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm actually right there for you, too, believe it or not. Okay, enough. cool. <laughs> So knowing in advance that bankruptcy was going to be a weapon that allowed Rothschilds, Israelis, or at that time they weren't Israelis, to be able to begin to move in to take over the military of the United States, because that was the target. It's always been the target for the past 150 years. They knew that we would have an, an immense military to be able to take the world wherever they wanted us to take them or it. And that beginning was going to occur in a bankruptcy that would, in fact, occur throughout the world, which it did. They formed the Bank of International Settlements in 1930, but the bankruptcy of the United States took place between 1928 and about 1941. It's not something that's a singular event. And the bankruptcy is technical. In our case, with our currency, it's a default. It's not a formal bankruptcy like a business. But the greatest fear that Rothschild and his minions of soldiers that he has, like a Bernie Sanders. A Bernie Sanders wants to run for president, and he's a socialist. He's one of the more honest of Rothschild soldiers. He's got the right title. He is a socialist. They're predisposed to socialism and communism. Bernie Sanders is a Rothschild soldier. Waxman, who resigned or retired, he's a Rothschild soldier. And we can go through a litany of about 40 of them in our Congress. Alan Greenspan, Israeli citizen, Ben Shalom Bernanke, now Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen, you got Stanley Fisher, who came over. He resigned his position as a governor of the Central Bank of Israel to take on the backup position of Janet Yellen, who's our current chairman of the Federal Reserve. They're all Israeli citizens working under the Rothschild dynasty, all of them. They're not there as Americans. But in 1928, when this nation started its entry into a default, an informal, a discreet bankruptcy. Rothschild had to be petrified and scared that the Congress would wake up and say, wait a minute, I represent the great state of Missouri. I represent the great state of Texas, Arizona, North Carolina. And all of these senators collectively could have said, well, the hell, we're not going to worry about a default. 
we're going to trash this government. We're going to start a brand new one. We have the power because we're the states. They would have constitutionally, collectively, in those days, 47, 48 states. 1928, 29, we had 48 states, although Ohio didn't come in until 1954. A lot of people didn't know that. There was only 47 registered several states. But the states could have collectively trashed the United States government, a government of the United States, and it could have began a brand new government, and it could have trashed the Federal Reserve as a unconstitutional chartered private bank that it was and said, we're going to begin all over again. Rothschild couldn't have that. So what they did with the 17th Amendment, they, they neuterized, they took the power of the states individually and collectively away from them by taking the vote from those state legislatures and giving it to the public. The public now felt empowered because they had two representatives. Not true. They really screwed themselves because they changed the nation. It morphed. It went legally from being a democratic republic to a pure democracy. So what I will wrap up with now is these people are intergenerational. They were here back in the late 18, early 1800s. They've been here in the 1900s, and they're here with us today. And everything this nation is doing right now is being done for the state of Israel for a reason. We're over a barrel. There's not a dab of Vaseline in sight. And we're about to really get nailed in a big way. And I, quite frankly, am at a loss. I can't quite see what's coming. Well, I am looking forward. Fred, it's yours. I'm, I'm done. Okay. Hey, guys, uh, that's just a glimpse of the kind of content that we have had over the past eight years, thanks to special guests like uh, Pat Riot and many, many others. Uh, we're going to just have a brief period of time here to open it up for comments and questions for Pat as we segue into our next two guests. Uh, Pat? Uh, I think Patrick Rohde's on with us, Fred. We might want to recognize him before we go with the Q&A with Patrick. Okay. Okay, Pat, is that you, is that right you Patrick? Is that you, Patrick Rohde? Oh, hi. I'm here. Hi. Oh, good. We we sort of suspected that was you. <laughs> so we're glad to see you there. So if you give us a few more moments, we'll be back with you. Okay. No worries. Awesome. Sounds good. Okay. Any just a comment or question for Pat? Comment. Yes. Yeah, comment. Yep. Hi. Uh, this is Jim. Uh, hi, Jim. One of the first things that you brought up with was the difference between the United States and the United States of America. And I'm sure you're probably familiar with this, but for the listeners, there is a reason in, in 28 United States Code, 1746, that's called unsworn declarations under penalty of perjury. Are you familiar with that? 1746, is that section 1746? Yeah, section 1746. Title, okay. title 18? 28. 28. Anyway, okay, it's anyway, in the judicial code. All right. Okay, anyway, there's, there's two, there's, two uh, there's one, number one and number two. Okay, if executed within the United States, its territories, possessions, or commonwealths, I declare under penalty of perjury that the foregoing is true and correct. Okay, that's number two. But number one says, if executed without the United States, I declare under penalty of perjury, under the laws 
of the United States of America. Yep, yep, yep. That the foregoing is true and correct. So, Larry B. Crap, I mean, come on, Larry. Read, read no, the name no, code. No, I, I have to tell you that I've got other citations that are as crystal clear as that. Well, and, and, and that's, they, well, I know. I know, and Larry, they, I, don't they, trust, I don't trust Larry. He's a no, liar. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I don't trust any of either. But he's thrown back, and others have thrown back enough to make it very confusing. Now, our law is not supposed to be secret law. It's supposed to be clearly understood, easily understood. It is not. And I still am firmly believing that our jurisdictions were tightened up to be more federal than anything because of the bankruptcy of the United States or United States of America. 1928 through 1933, 1945, actually. Well, so the jurisdiction and, and I agree. And I can't, I can't give you the delineation as deep down and rooted as I would love to. I do know there's a lot of smoke coming out of that pit. No, I, I agree, and I'm, I, I'm, i to keep my, my stuff short here. I, I totally agree on, uh, on, uh, was it the 17th Amendment that made the, uh, that. Made, uh, it made us voting. into a pure democracy. Okay. Uh, well, I, I actually believe that it started with the 14th. That was back in the Civil War. Um, but um, I think... I agree I with... The, no, I agree with you. I think the 16th and 17th just was a furtherance of it until we got into the situation that got us into uh, in 29... Which was all planned, I believe it. It's all uh, the writing's on the wall. But nine uh, eleven was uh, planned. Yes. Well, I, I'll tell you, um, Tom Lacovera. Are you familiar with him? I am not. He has a show on um, Republic Broadcasting Network, and they have gone back and they've documented everything that happened in the Civil War. They they had uh, they've got documents of governors going back to their state saying, hey, we've been taken over, blah, blah, blah. It's all documented. But he just came up today with one that I wasn't familiar with, and it was one of uh, um, President Jackson's um, closing statements when he, when he left the presidency. And he just said flat out, we didn't give the government the power to create a, a private banking system. We never gave it to him, and he was the he was the last one that killed the bank, right? He tried. He tried to, yeah. Well, he he did at the time. It, it yeah. resurrected itself back with Lincoln. Hey anyway, Jim, we're gonna have to close it up. Close it up. That, that's good. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey guys, uh, anybody else? One final one, then we're gonna have to segue to our uh, our. our our two other guests for the second hour. Anybody else? Real quick. Thank you, Jim. Okay. Pat, uh, how can... Uh, okay, you sent me a document today, and if anyone would like to get that document from me or links, whatever the email exchange is, please send me an email, fksmart at gmail.com. That's the letter F, letter K, smart at gmail. Or just puts the information into the message box on the website. Uh, just press contact. It's on the website on the front page. And just send a little request in there. And we'd be more than happy to forward you uh, more of Pat Riot's content, PDF files, and things like that of his research. So 
Pat, you want to have, have the final word here? No, just thank you very much for the opportunity. I just hope I don't get too complicated for folks. And uh, you know, no, you're great. You're great. We always appreciate you, and you're a really clear speakers. So don't worry about that. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, guys, this is a unique presentation because normally Pat goes on for two hours. So if you can, <laughs> you can somehow nip this thirty minutes in the bud and share it with other people. You can, you can archive this on Talkshoe and send it off. Uh, this will give people a taste of, of the kind of content and, and the stuff, and, and we will be back on this on this show again. Hey, Fred, it, it, before you introduce the next guest, which he is on, uh, and we got quite a big following tonight, and welcome everybody from uh, TalkShoe. We're honored to have you here. But I was going to play a very small snippet that, that we had of uh, Ron Paul when he was on with us. Here is, here okay. is Ron Paul eight years ago on this broadcast. Okay, go ahead. Hello, Fred. Are you there, Ron? I'm here. Okay. Hi, Ron. Oh, thank you for your patience. We so much appreciate you coming on with us. We have a lot of callers on our call, and we know Ron, you're... Ron, you've Ron, got... we have 1,200 listeners on com and, and 400, close to 400 plus on this conference call. The call has crashed a couple times. Uh, I'm the guy who called you a long time ago with Aaron Russo on the line when uh, you announced your exploratory committee back in February. Uh, on behalf of the American uh, uh, Freedom to Fascism Volunteer Network. And it is uh, such a great honor to have you back on the call close to a year later because uh, we are all so thrilled. And I think uh, all of us can say along with you that we, a year ago, never, ever expected uh, the likes of what we've experienced for the last 12 months to happen. And uh, you have been such an inspiration such a beacon of hope and faith for mankind, like a lighthouse shining to every point on, on the horizons of our world. I just hope that, that uh, from this week, this day, this time, that this movement can grow and expand and shine the, the light of freedom and truth and justice and a return to the rule of law and peace. So uh, with that, I know you only have a few minutes, but Ron, you're, 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 a lot of people are listening on Ron Paul Radio right now, and... Uh, and I know your your time is pressed, so I'm going to let you go. So, Ron, okay, it floor's yours. <laughs> very good. Well, thank you very much. It's a delight to visit with you. And first thing I want to do is uh, thank everybody for their enthusiasm, their support. <laughs> hey, that's a keeper. That's a keeper, Steve. Thank you.
John, if you're on, welcome to the call. And Patrick, thank you for coming on. Well, thank you. And Patrick, we made the connection between you, Alexandra, Lexi Hunter, who was on our call as a guest a few weeks ago. And then we have other uh, gentlemen who are trying, including yourself, uh, you're trying to raise funds for the Paris upcoming Paris conference. Your funding goal is about halfway there. The funding links we've provided on our on our website. Uh, again, uh, you've been documenting this for, for years, uh, but you do such a great job with your video, with your commentary, and uh, I want to say thank you for what you're doing. And uh, tell us what you expect to happen in Paris uh, coming up with uh, joining Alex- Alexandra and, and others. Well, um I'm certain, well, of course, when you look at the things that I've done before, uh, especially with the, the video you mentioned before was my confrontation with Ken Caldera. Yeah, that's Ken Caldera. Caldera. Yeah, Ken Caldera, he's a geoengineer, and he's one of the two uh, sock puppets, well, or, you know, spokespeople who are out, and their line is, we're all going to die from global warming, and anything that might be able to save us is this putting sulfate into the sky. Um, but unfortunately, all the patents in their papers that, in fact, David Keith, who's the, who's, who's the other sock puppet, he actually <laughs> says, so sulfates are ineffective. You need to use uh, these photophoretic disks of aluminum, barium, and ferrite. And we need about 100 million tons sprayed in our skies. And that might not seem like a, like a lot considering the size of the planet. But this actual size of these particles, I mean, this is mentioned in uh, David Keith's paper, they are five nanometers across. You can get a million of them in a grain of sand. And a lot of people, when they, when they say... Wait, oh, wait, wait a, million, a million nanoparticles of aluminum, barium, strontium in, in a grain of sand? Oh, one square millimeter. Yeah, they're wow. very very small okay. and um, so a lot of the times when oh, there's armies of shields trolls whatever you want to call them uh, the you know, ethically challenged traders to humanity you know all, all, all those names fit and they'll say no those are contrails and I'll say actually correct those are contrails they are artificially nucleated contrails so if you can remember back to high school physics, uh, a lot of people grew crystals in little, in little glass jars, put it in a solution of salt, for example. Yeah. And start with a grain of salt. And you leave it there, and eventually you get a bigger crystal, big square of salt, and those, ooh, yeah, wow. Um, that is nucleation. A crystal will not form. A raindrop will not form without a nucleus. You need a condensation nucleus. And normally, where these come from, how clouds form, is you'll have cosmic rays, which are little particles thrown out by the sun, dust, pollen, whatever. What the planes do, they'll inject, it's actually very simple, you just superheat aluminum oxide powder uh, up to, vaporize it, and when, and when that comes out, they form these nanoparticles, incredibly small nanoparticles. And for rain to fall, um, it needs, it'll, it'll have a condensation nucleus, 
water vapor because there's, there's there's water in the sky, it's humidity mm-hmm. is the name for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it'll attach to it like the little salt crystal in your beaker in in high school physics, and eventually enough water vapor will attach to it that it becomes heavy enough that it comes out of suspension and falls as rain. Mm-hmm. 100 million tons when one square millimeter has a million particles in it, that's a lot <laughs> of condensation UPI. So when you see all these trails in the sky, what's happening are these invisibly small particles will uh, be let out in behind these planes and they'll attract the moisture and will form these trails which will just stay up there all you know, day long. And that's also why our skies are lighter blue than they were back in the, you know, up until mm-hmm. the mid-90s. Yep. But it also acts as a giant sponge because it it'll take a whole lot more moisture to get these up to the point where they will fall. So like every time there's a storm front coming towards uh, the West Coast, I just go on the uh, the NASA Earth View satellite thing, and, you, and in front of the storms, there's a, there's a crisscross grid of these massive, massive, massive geoengineering stopping our rain. The water still exists. It's still up there. But when it does rain, boy, does it rain. We've had major. So you're, 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 you're saying these crisscrosses acted like a sponge, uh, a nanoparticle. Well, yeah, no, the, the particles, I mean, they spray in different ways. You have the can bombs, you have the grids, you have all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And right now, I'm just talking about the aluminum slash, you know, the, the, the nanoparticles, which is the stuff that they say they're using for solar radiation management, which is the popular term that, they, that they're trying to sell, sell to the public. Yeah. Um, that's a red herring because. Um, it doesn't work. That, there's a patent, the, 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 the main geoengineering patent, patent, it's called the Wells-Back Seeding Patent for the Reduction of Global Warming, which talks about putting these nanoparticles of aluminum in, in the sky that reflect sunlight back into space. doesn't work. All it's doing is increasing cloud cover. And a four-year-old knows that if it's a cloudy night, it's warmer. Cloudy day is cooler, and the reverse is true. It's an insulating layer that's had no net effect on the um, the global temperature. So these guys should be smarter than the fifth grader, but they are full of fill in the blank. They 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 know they're full of it, but they keep trotting out this lie. And um, and the other thing is that it's. I think it's a mistake to just keep calling it geoengineering. Okay. Because anyone who's been paying attention to this can see, um, you'll look up and you'll see these, diff- you'll, on the same day, you'll have trails that do completely different things. Mm-hmm. You have the, uh, the rapidly expanding ones, the sort of can bomb ones, the ones that will stay in place and have this wispy stuff come off them. You've got ones mm-hmm. that drip. You have other ones that they do all kinds of things. If it has a different physical property, it's different physically. It's a different physical substance. Mm-hmm. And another thing that we've seen uh, a tremendous amount of are these um, 
incredibly rare sun dogs, right? We've all seen them. It's a, it's a ring around the sun. Yeah. And if you look, if you look, if you look closely at the, um, it's hard to see with the naked eye. If you take a picture with your phone, you can actually see it better. There's a, there's a rainbow fully encircling the sun. The shills, uh, the reason I call it incredibly rare sun dogs is because the shills you say, oh, that's just a sun dog. That's perfectly natural. Uh, it's actually a halo, 22-degree halo. Water has a specific refractive index. That's how much it bends light. So does air, so does everything. Anything transparent has a different refractive index. Water's refractive index, and ice and water have the same refractive index, give or take. You know, it's 1.31 versus 1.33. That creates the rainbows we're so used to seeing. And, you know, you see a rainbow, and you'll see about a third of a circle at most. These things entirely encircle the sun. And if you, um, and the refractive index of aluminum and barium sulfate is higher. It's about 1.5, 1.6, depending on the different, uh, the different materials. And I have been doing these uh, time-lapse videos. I have yeah. a camera, very wide, extremely, extremely wide field of view. Take the picture every five seconds, and I put them up on, on YouTube. Yep. There, there was a 30-day period back in, about a month or two ago when there were 21 incredibly rare sun dogs over in my time lapses. And, you know, we've never, see, we've never seen these before. If you, look at, if you look at your, I mean, people have been taking pictures outside since cameras were invented, and you didn't see these things. I mean, you certainly weren't seeing them every freaking day. But I took a, uh, it, it rained very briefly in the, in the midst of this 30-day period. And I got that, I got, I got a rain sample, I sent it to two different labs and got it analyzed. Yeah. And it came back 160 micrograms per liter of barium. Barium is really scary. Um, okay, wait, wait. Look, and the normal barium content in, in any zero. Uh, is zero, zero, right? Yeah. Yeah. Also, bear in mind where I am. I'm a few miles from the Pacific Ocean, and there's no industry between me and Ocean Beach here. There's nothing. There's no. There's no yeah. aluminum melting plants. There's no freeways. Yeah. There's yeah. There's nothing. And so I. This leads me to believe that the uh, whenever you see the halos, that's the heavy load of barium. Because you, uh, on, I've had other times where I have very high uh, aluminum readings, and I wasn't seeing these things. But the 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 incredibly rare sun dog is a, re a recent thing, and I, my 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 time has go back oh, about three years. Oh um, my god, that's great! But if you Jeez. look up, I mean these these are. Uh, Traders to humanity, whatever. The guys who are out selling this thing, they never talk about the health effects. And when challenged, David Keith said, Oh, we've got well, we've no idea what all you know, all this stuff will do. <laughs> Bogus. David Keith wrote a paper about nanoparticles aluminum. Yep. And in my travels across the web, I actually found a place where you can buy it. 
There's actually, you can actually buy nanoparticle aluminum. And you get the 5 nanometer, 25, 50 nanometer, whatever. Yeah. And there, there is a material safety data sheet, which is an OSHA requirement. If, if you're working with any, any sort of hazardous material, you have to read this thing if, or, yeah. have it, or have it available. Read that thing. Causes Alzheimer's, pulmonary disease, uh, you know, just a whole list of nasty, nasty things. And it says, do not release it to the environment, you know, without government permit. So if David Keith wrote a paper about nanoparticular aluminum back in 2010 and afterwards said that, oh, I don't know if it's harmful or not, he can't be a very good scientist or he's in violation of OSHA requirements because he's, yeah. he's not come anywhere near this stuff. But anyway, the material safety data sheet for barium? Oh, my God, that stuff's nasty. But, um, <laughs> organ failure, I mean, it attacks the, the reproductive, the uh, nervous system, uh, cardiovascular, um, neurological, it, uh, the renal, everything. It just... 150 milligrams, which is tiny. I mean, yeah. that's enough to kill a rat. One gram will kill six rats. It's wow. nothing. And, and we were getting, yes, I mean, I was, I was only getting 150 milligrams, sorry, 160 milligrams per liter in the, uh, in the rainwater that I, I happened to get that particular day. Yeah. But the, the fastest growing major disease is respiratory failure. And why could that be? Smoking's down, emission controls are up, you know, yep. you know, there's, there's, you know uh, the factories in, are in China. Uh, so what's making all these people die? And in fact, it's overtaken stroke to be the third leading cause of death. And this is Back documented at the CDC, right? The CDC yeah, documented yeah. this, right? And, and, and the American Lung Association. None, none yeah. of this is controversial. It's highly, highly toxic. So the paper I'll be bringing to um, Paris is going to be uh, human health impact to proposed geoengineering solutions. I mean, it's, I mean, all I would need is just attach the material safety data sheet, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's all I'd need. But the, the stuff that aluminum and all these other things, and, and, and like I said, that's, those are just two things. And when you yeah. look at what they're spraying, there's all kinds of crap. God knows what they're actually putting up there. Uh, so it's really is. I mean, if, it, if it's, oh, yeah, also, if it's overtaken stroke and then it's come up on heart attack and cancer, yep. it's long been established that particulate pollution is the leading cause of stroke and heart attack because these particles get in your bloodstream, cause a clot, boom, you're dead. And people are keeling over, you know, and they're re really young. Actually, oh yeah, the other thing, people are starting to get Alzheimer's in their 20s. That's been oh my god! Oh my god! Thank Alzheimer's you. didn't exist fifty years ago. Senile oh, dementia did, but uh, Alzheimer's is a new disease, and now that's the—I think it's the sixth leading cause of death. 
So hey guys, we're listening to Patrick Roddy. Uh, if you just came out of the call, Patrick Roddy is joining us from San Francisco. He's planning on attending the climate conference in Paris along with Lexi Hunter and several other the major activists that have been dressing the tyranny of our skies. Patrick, I just wanted to see if John Taylor was on. John, if you're on the call, if you could acknowledge uh, with uh, hello, mate. <laughs> Are you there, John? Not sure if we got John on the call. I guess I not. Don't okay. Think so, unless he's on TalkShoe, but um, yeah, uh, is TalkShoe unmuted, Didi? Uh, I don't think so, but Steve hasn't mentioned that he's on there, so probably isn't there yet. Okay, he's probably not there. Okay, continue, Patrick. Sorry about that. I just wanted to do a little reference to, to say hi to him if, if he happened to be on. But uh, I mean, this is well, incredible stuff. This is, uh, I mean, my and none young, of it, none of none yeah. of it is controversial. I mean, these, I mean, the material safety data sheet. You know, it, uh, the, the toxicity of barium is not challenge. You know, no one is challenging that. And our our trusted government agencies like the EPA, which I consider to be a three-letter agency, they stopped testing for airborne aluminum back in 2002, conveniently. They stopped? Why? They stopped. Oh. You tell me. <laughs> they just stopped. So, no, but they, um, they wait, hold, hold, hold. did they use to test for this? It used to show up on the sheets? Yeah, I think you, I think you can't. I mean, I have, I have to dig around, but they, they stopped it. You can't, you cannot get any results past O O two, because they actually have to publish. You know, the uh, whatever toxins and stuff are in are in in the environment. Oh my God! I mean, what, why no, isn't with there no, uh, with no explanation? Why isn't... And, that, and, that, and that, of course, like the, 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 the global the global deployment really wrapped up in the late nineties. I mean, the geoengineering. I mean, the first patent goes back ninety five years. To, uh, 1920 was the first. I mean, wow. and it's, we all know it was used in there was Operation Popeye and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, I'm going to admit stuff 50 years later. Oh, actually, this reminds me. One of my, uh, I used to really like the um, the Dead Kennedys, still do. And there's a uh, there's a great line in I Am the Owl, which is uh, of their second album, and it's and it, and it goes. In ten years or so, we'll leak the truth. But by then, it's only so much paper. And oh what God. they're doing right now, but they have these dog and pony shows, like oh, you know, we're all going to die from global warming. And most people, most people actually believe that. Sad to say. Um, and and actually, actually, I, I should I should go down the uh, the global warming thing. I wrote I wrote on my uh, website. Uh, stop spraying us dash ff dot com. There's yep. an article there called uh, "Selling Chemtrails," where I talk about why you should keep using the word chemtrails because if, go, if you get on the, if we just call it geoengineering and only talk about the uh, the weather as, weather modification aspect of it, we're missing. They're clearly targeting life on Earth mm-hmm. because you know. They know it's toxic, and they are doing it anyway. So I, I mean, it, it'd be hard. It would be hard to say. Well, we kind of want to do this other thing, and it just so happens to be killing millions of people. But you know, to me, that I mean, they are deliberately killing millions of people because they're doing it knowing full well it's going to happen. Uh, but also, the only excuse that they have to spray us 
is, oh, we're all going to die from global warming, carbon is the devil. And it ties in with a, have you ever, are you familiar with the term technocracy? Uh, technocracy was a a buzzword in the 30s and 40s, so led by some... Exactly. Right. There are a bunch of loons. This is all described... um, This is is all in my article. There's there's a fantastic author called Patrick Wood, who's uh, got a new book out called Technocracy Rising. And anyway, these crackpots, they wanted to get rid of... They wanted to replace the economic system well, I want to change everything, like get rid of governments and borders and have uh, like experts who look like bankers and so on. But they were going to, mm-hmm. they were going to replace, um, you know, normal market-based, you know, eyes, here's, here's a bale of hay for that chicken kind of mm-hmm. money, all that. They're going to get rid of all currency and replace it with energy credits. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you're a smart leader, and we got carbon credits. The technocracy thing was taken up by, I just call them the scumbags. Like, the Trilateral Commission and stuff are all, all in on this. And that, same with the Rio Declaration of Agenda 21. And if we can blow a hole in the carbon thing, because, you know, carbon dioxide is, has negligible effect on the, on, on the climate. Water vapor's got plenty. And these guys are screwing around with the atmosphere and causing all this artificial um, artificial sewage. That's trapping heat. So, you know, they're just... Ugh. So, but it, it's a long article. It would take, two, it would, it would take forever to explain the whole thing. But I recommend everyone go there and read it. Take us back to when you woke up or when you first uh, were awakened about this. Uh, just, just in a brief snippet, if you could. Difficult because it, it was a gradual thing. It was ironic because I actually have, I actually had a thing where it was called WhatWokeYou.com, where I actually asked people this very question, like, "Oh, how did you?" You know, asked about Richard Gage and all these other people. But oh. I'm not quite sure. I mean, I knew about, I knew about 9/11 before I knew about chemtrails for sure. Okay. okay. Uh, and okay. I was, I was active with um, vaccines. And GMOs mm-hmm. and stuff, but yep. the I've, I've been active with this for a while. But the everything else is I mean, it, you know, you, you can you can go to a pharmacy and re and, and get the you know the uh, product information you know the product information sheet for a vaccine. They'll tell you, yeah, it hasn't tested on animals. It can sterilize and kill your unborn child. That's mm-hmm. not covert. Tantra, geoengineering, whatever you want to call it, is the only one of these things that is actually covert. And mm-hmm. there aren't enough people fighting it. And it's, it's devastating. I mean, it, it, the, the, the health effects alone, um, you know, uh, hydrological and all that kind of stuff, it's, I mean, I can't not fight it. Yeah. You know, um, it's, like, it's like if you live in a, I mean, I, I, I live in an apartment building. If there's a fire in the basement, yeah. how can you not go around pounding on people's doors saying, "Hey, you know, you're about to burn the fire. Yeah, get the hell out." I mean, it's it's, it's such a no-brainer. And the and the scumbags, as I call them, are so cartoonishly villainous. They're they're, they're like they're, they're, if they were written in as James Bond villains, no, no, that script wouldn't pass muster because it'd be just just too ridiculous. They are so 
now. And actually, when you when, and that's the other, that's the other thing, when you actually meet these people in person, they're soulless. If you look in their eyes, it's just it's empty, and they're and also very weak. Or at least the ones yeah. I've met. Um, so, and it's fun. I gotta say, I really enjoy doing it. And uh, and it's easy to do. I mean, and you don't have to. People, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to be so. I, want to, I don't want to stand out the side of the road with a sign looking like a crazy person and get laughed at. No, you don't <laughs> do that. You uh, talk to someone beside you on the bus. Yeah. You talk to your neighbour. You know, you don't have to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you, you do, you do, whatever, do whatever's in your comfort zone, but um, and don't think. Don't judge the the actual world with what you see online. There are armies of shills. Like if you post, if you, if you if you just started realizing about this chemtrail thing and you start put put a few posts on Facebook, you oh, yeah. will get attacked. Oh, yeah. And they'll be oh all these all these people like oh but Bill Nye the science guy he you know and I'm not as smart as him and sure you know no. When you actually talk to people in person, a surprising amount of people will already know about this. Because I've been doing these, oh, I, I do go to all kinds of street actions and things and go to festivals and talk to thousands and thousands of people. From one year ago, I would say almost twice as many people know about what's going on. And I'd say it's probably uh, 15% or so. Yep. And 90 plus percent have seen this line in the sky and know that they weren't there a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is just say, well, here's what they are. Yeah. And the only time that you'll have any resistance is when you meet shields. And, you, and we always have shields assigned. And they do the yeah. same thing that they do on, online. And their favorite thing is Rule 19. Rule 19 is a great one. It is... Ignore presented evidence, demand yep. impossible proof. Bingo. All right. So in that case, you'll say, well, here, here's the evidence, here's the patent, here's the water test, here's the all your other health effects, and so on. They say, yeah, but you can't prove it's coming from the planes. Why don't you go up there and take a sample? Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, how can you get, I mean, so one of the shields um, asked me this on one of my YouTube videos. And he said, oh, yeah, you can just get a hobby drone from, like, Radio Shack to do that. So I said, okay, fair enough. Let's break this down. So I see a plane coming, leaving a trail. It's at 35,000 feet, or maybe 30,000 feet. I'll need to get my hobby drone Mm -hmm. launched, go up 30,000 feet within two minutes, and track. Yep. Oh yeah. Also, you know, you also not allowed. It's illegal to get over 1,500 feet. Period. Yeah. But this thing would have to go up at 160 miles an hour, and and follow in the wake of the turbine, mm-hmm. and with enough uh, capacity to carry all the air monitoring equipment and all, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I so I told him like, well. Apart from describing a heat-seeking missile, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you'd also need the power plant of a heat-seeking missile to get it up there. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, it was, 
I actually enjoy messing with shells. Because I actually, oh yeah, my background, I should explain how I can do this kind of thing, is um, I was a physics major and a newspaper reporter and a photographer, and I've been an activist for a long time. (laughs) That's a good combination. Yeah, you know. Hey, David, what about about this approach? Okay, because some days, they, they may be rare, there are completely blue skies, correct? Right? Well, here's... Sorry, I got, I'll jump in there. Yeah. There's a thing called a delayed action contrast. Some people will say, oh, yeah, but there's a plane that's leaving a trail that's disappearing, so that's not a contrail. That, that's not a chemtrail. As I said before, what they do is they're putting these microscopic... Um, you know, nanoparticles in there, which are, mm-hmm. you, you won't see until water vapor attaches to them. So oh, on my time lapses, what I've caught, I'll, I'll, you'll see a plane leaving a very short trail, yeah. and it'll disappear. But in the next few minutes, in where in the plane's path, yeah. a contrail forms. Out of the blue. The plane the blue. has left. Yeah. So... They're, they're spraying all kinds of different things. The traditional chemtrails are the ones you'll see on the T-shirts, the, the, the long lines and the grids and stuff. Yeah. But they're yeah. spraying all kinds of stuff, so God knows what they're up to. And we yeah. know they're lying, so, you know. And they've got truth in our side. And, you know, and, and, and it, it just enrages me when you see that, you know, when you hear about, oh, yeah, my, 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 my friend died of a heart attack at 35. He wasn't a smoker. And all these people have these like weird respiratory problems. And, and the other thing I talk, you know, when I'm talking to people on the street, when I'm, especially when I'm talking to young people, I'll ask them like, how many of your friends have asthma? Yeah. And I'll say, you know, and and when it's a group of four or five people, there's always one of them has asthma at least. When I was a kid, nobody had asthma. I think I remember one person had one of those little squirty inhaler things. He might have had hay fever or something. Yeah. But it was just, just something that. Didn't happen, and they think, oh, it's all right. Uh, and allergies are way up. You know, like it seems like every other person's allergic to cats now. I mean, that, I, I, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know, like with the, with the aluminum toxicity, I don't know how much of it is from, you know, like there's aluminum in vaccines, and, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things. But I know for damn sure if you're going to put toxins in the air which people breathe, well, that mm-hmm. is going to make people sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm against that, <laughs> which is a bit of a no-brainer, really. So, uh, and that's what I hope to do in uh, in uh, Paris with, with this paper, because like they're not mentioning this health stuff at all. And I want to get this into the hands of as many um, scientists and sort of policy wonks as possible. And it won't be just at the at the sessions. I mean, there will be... I'm not shy, so I'll, I'll, I can. Uh, I ho- hopefully, we can get like a a resistance to it because otherwise, it's just going to. They'll say, "Oh yeah, okay, let's just put this in as a add it to the you know the, the Paris Declaration in December, and then it'll be quote legal." Although, I mean, actually, it's all it, it's already legal. This is crazy. U.S. Code, oh, I forget it off the top of my head. It's U.S. Code 50, I think it's Section 
tea or something, says you can't spray poison gas over people. You know, words to that effect. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't put mm-hmm. you know, like things that are harmful into the atmosphere. Yeah. Except, <laughs> you know, dot 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 research. As long as they call it research, they always call it. That, that's why they always call geoengineering research. I could rent a helicopter and get, you know, anthrax or sarin gas or whatever and fly over, you know, where the giants are playing, you know, like, you know, like like James Bond building or something, gas everybody and say, oh, but I was just researching how many people nerve gas would kill over the giant stadium. And like, oh, okay, you're fine. (laughs) It's legal. It's already it's legal. legal. It's, 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 These it's, it's, the scumbags always do what they consider to be legal. And as you know, your previous, <laughs> that was just discussed you know, like a half hour ago. Yeah. So, yeah. And, they, and they always tell you what they're going to do in advance, which is, a, which is something we should use against them. Like they're, they're legalistic. Like, for example, one of the things I'm going to be doing next is I'm going to find myself the cheapest, 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 uh, crappy paper dust mask I can find. Mm-hmm. I want to get it for something less than 10 cents if possible. Mm-hmm. And then go down to small claims court and I will, uh, I'll, I'll, fi- I'll, I'll file it. I'll get the sheriff's department to show up to whoever I decide to serve this on. Mm-hmm. And then they have to respond without a lawyer. So I can have a go at them in small claims. And if it doesn't go my way, I'll just escalate it and then we can get into discovery and stuff. But they have to follow their rules. I don't recognize the, you know, the, sort of the maritime law BS, but they just follow it. So I like to mess with them. But well, other things I consider doing. And anyone can do this stuff. And I think. Every every elected official who is not who will talk about it. I mean, nobody will. Nobody will because it's, it's totally covert. Like same with comedians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's not doing it is guilty of misprison of treason. Misprison mm-hmm. of treason is uh, being aware of a crime and doing nothing about it. You also become complicit, and it has no statute of limitations. And you can find this prison of treason stuff against people. Oh, but I think, despite all these other ways I like to mess with people, the number one, two, three, four, five, and six priority is telling, getting people aware of this stuff. I mean, we can't just we can't go up there and just stop on spraying. But if you look back, like you know, ten years ago, how small the anti-GMO movement was. Now you know. Even though we haven't really gotten anywhere really legally, the mm-hmm. public knows about it, and they don't want to eat that crap. Mm-hmm. And so that, 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 what I, that, that is the most important thing. Petitions and so on, I wouldn't bother with. So it's all hey, about education. Patrick, uh, they've exposed the poison of Roundup by Monsanto. Yeah. And that's like, what, in effect, we're being Roundup you know, the spraying of our skies is like the local application of Roundup on the GMO, uh, you know, 
farm by GMO uh, farmers. And uh, I'm actually improved. Okay. Here's the other thing, which is always like, wow, what coincidence? Not Roundup reduces fertility. So does aluminum. So does fluoride. So does bisphenol A. So does phthalate. So does soy. And the latest thing that I came across last week, like the new cool sweetener, because if you don't want to have aspartame, you can be like a trendy person, use stevia. Yeah. Stevia got mentioned in John P. Holden's eco-science book because the Peruvians use it as sterilant. It's wait, wait, wait. Who, who, it's used for what? Birth control. It sterilizes rats. Oh, my God. Stevia. Wow. Yeah, it's actually in the book. Uh, Eco-science actually talk about it. Yeah, we could use it. Yeah, why don't we use it? And suddenly, like, there's stevia sweeteners everywhere. And it's all, and everything that they do has an impact on human fertility. Barium lowers human fertility in mammals as well. Well, we are mammals. And because these guys have always had a thing about population. I mean, if you read, if you read um, uh, Plato's Republic, back, back in ancient Greece, Plato was like, oh, yeah, there's too many useless eater slash common Greeks running around. We need to be, and yet he also wanted this sort of, philosopher king thing, but they, the scumbags, they can control finance, education, military, religion, they can, you know, that's just the nature of their thing. But they've always had an issue about our numbers. Oh. Uh, so throughout history, you have all these wars and stuff, but if you look at all, all this, all this, all, all this sort of, um, all the toxic chemicals that have been introduced into our into our life, all impact human fertility. And so does yep. freaking white, the white Wi-Fi frequency, you know, messes with, uh, you know, sperm production. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, is that a coincidence? Why doesn't it, you know, you know, does it, there's all kinds of biological effects it could have, you know, like making her hair grow longer or, you know, you know, becoming left-handed or something. No always affecting human fertility. So, screw those guys. Hey, I'm going to do it, try to do a shout-out to John Taylor again, second, third time. John, are you, if you're on the call from Liverpool, we haven't forgotten about you. We've called, called out to you a couple times now. If you are on, just wanted to say hello. Uh, unmute yourself or just uh, acknowledge that you're on the call. John Taylor from Liverpool. You there? Our six. Star Star six, phone? You know, he may have fallen back asleep. Hello? Who's there? Is that John? No, it's Patrick. Sorry. Well, I was okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it's really, really early in the morning out there uh, in Liverpool. So John may have, uh, you know, decided, or his body may have decided just to go go back and take a nap, <laughs> sleep again. So we, we, uh, we did not want to. Uh, uh, not acknowledge him, but John, uh, if you're out there, just star six your phone. We don't want to forget you about you. We want to say thank you for all that you're doing uh, out there in the UK uh, to expose this. Uh, okay, Patrick, back to you. The upcoming conference in Paris is in July. July 7th. Uh, Actually, I, I do want to mention that there's a bunch of us going. You know, um, yeah. and if, I think on my 
on my GoFundMe thing, I have links to everybody else's going as well. So make, try to get everyone. Like Michael Murphy is, is trying to go there as well. Oh, Michael Murphy, yeah. We've had him on the show many times. And we yeah. have Olga Rappa. Olga Rappa is another lady. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. and, and, and Max Bliss. Max Bliss is definitely going. And there's yeah. another gentleman from Ireland who's trying to raise uh, money Terry, right Terry now. Terry Lawton. Terry Lawton. Okay. Yeah. So we, we, all, we all need to go. So, um, yeah. So give, give generously and evenly or whatever you can do. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if uh, all you can afford is, is a couple of bucks or five bucks, each one of these links has a GoFundMe, uh, you know, donation page that you can go to and just drop drop a few shekels online to to uh, to aid in, in everyone. And if you can just get the word out, post these on Facebook, share them by email, uh, message them out to your family, friends. Every little bit counts. And uh, uh, next week we're going to try to get the other two gentlemen, uh, Olga and Terry, uh, to come on the call briefly to to highlight their or Terry, Terry, yeah, Olga oh, and yeah. Terry, uh-huh. they're going to be on next week. So, Pat, Patrick, uh, with the GMO protest, I mean, they're very, very successful all across the country this past weekend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. and, and that's prime opportunity to engage people who happen to be, you know, walk across the sidewalk and, and, and see some of the flyers. Uh, it's sort of a cross-networking effect that takes place. If you're into GMOs, 99% of those people who are anti-GMOs have to be aware of what's happening in our skies, right? Well, they should. Yeah. Uh, but it's it, it's hit and miss. It really is. Um, okay. And you should never judge somebody by appearance, whether they know or not, because okay. you'll have the most... You know, you never know until you speak to people. But what I found, like, the, the people who are... It's actually really encouraging. You know, the people who I find to be the most receptive when I'm out chatting with people, I find, like, fam- like when you have large groups of Muslim, fa- like a big Muslim family, with, you know, they're wearing all the, you know, the stuff. Yeah. They will stop and listen, and their jaws will drop, and they're, do- they're doing what? You know? <laughs> and they'll listen. Uh, other... Um, African Americans and actually African American women, yeah, usually a little older. They've been messed up. They've been, you know, as a group, they've been screwed over for longer than oh, the yeah. rest of us have. Yeah. So it, it's no stretch for them. Same with Native Americans, except yeah. there's not so many of them here. Sure. Um, but I find young women, like I mean, like early teens. For some reason, are really receptive. I, I don't. I don't know why. They just are. So just don't yeah. judge ahead of time and just talk to people. And the other thing is, don't. If you are still, if you're recently awakened to like this and all the other things that are, all, you know, the scumbags are up to, and you're still going through that grieving process, and you're angry, and you're frustrated, and you're. Blah, you got all that stuff going like off bad bad energy. That's mm-hmm. not the time to go out to talk to people. Yeah. You need to get over it and calmly say, Okay, now let's 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 just take care of business. Because when when you have this frantic, scared, wild eyed you know, the you know edge, edge, the sky yeah. falling kind of thing, you're just gonna yeah. cut people off. Yeah. And just be conversational. Yeah, you know, just chat with people. So you know, here, this is this is what's going on. It sucks, 
But if you tell some people, you know, we might be able to stop it. Um, oh, but, I, but I, going back to that video that I, that I, you know, I did. Yeah, the King Caldera video. Caldera. Everyone, you've got to watch this. It's on YouTube. It's on the newsletter. Uh, Patrick Roddy uh, confronted Ken Caldera. Take us into that in a little more detail if you could. Okay, so um, he was – he worked at Lawrence Livermore, which is where they make nukes, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he, he was interviewed some years back, and he said that when he was at Lawrence Livermore, they talked about, oh, how, oh, can we use geophysical systems as weapons? And they were talking about, like, setting off H-bombs that cause tsunamis. Uh, and they said, oh, yeah, well, and we could also put – pathogens in a cloud to rain down on our enemies and do chemical and germ warfare, unquote, right? Wow. And this this is a bit alarming, especially when he said it in a a closed-door meeting at a weapons lab where they actually do make this stuff. Um, Each time I, like, when I first talked to him about it, I said, here, yeah, you're you're on record as proposing putting this stuff. Oh, that's not true. I said, well, hey, I got on my iPhone. I played it in his ear. And he tries to dig his way out, and it is hilarious. It is comedy gold. I mean, he's, 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 he's squirming, and, like, and, he's, and, he's, and he's got all the way. And I, I, in this video that posted, I have the three, so far, uh, times when I call him on this stuff. And uh, last, the last one was a, a few weeks ago, and he just lost it. He told me to, you know, S-T-F-U, if you can spell that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but when I posted that on YouTube, it got picked up by DavidArc.com and a bunch of other places, getting thousands of shares all over the place. And YouTube froze my counter for close yeah. to two days. So it was like 6101. Mm-hmm. So, so I put on the description, open the way, all you commenters, put the time and the, and the counter number in the comments. Oh, cool. And, uh, so, yeah, so it's documented in the comments. It says, oh, no, you're just imagining things. No, no, just read the comments. Or you're going to say that all these other commenters are lying. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they, uh, someone, somebody got a phone call <laughs> when that went out. So, yeah, that was funny. And, it, and it's easy to do. I mean, it isn't that complicated. I mean, it might seem at first, um, but just know that... Um, but water vapor does not condense without something to condense to. So what's forming these persistent trails? Mm-hmm. And they'll say, oh, maybe there's some impurity in the jet fuel. Well, are you saying that the fuel is, you know, dirtier and the engines are less efficient than they were 15 years ago? Is that your mm-hmm. argument? I yep. mean, it's, they are just lying, and it's, all, all, their, all their arguments have giant holes in it. That it's, um, it's well documented. They are they are adding trails to old pictures, to movie uh, movie uh, uh, video and, ca- and cartoons. And art. Yeah, cartoons everywhere. Yep. Yeah. And um, you know, it, 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 and there's a, and people say, oh, but surely if, if it was such a big program, someone would talk. You yeah. mean like the Manhattan Project? Yeah. You know, there was a hundred thousand scientists building the bomb. Yeah. Nobody talked about that. Or yep. if anybody did, they probably ended up in a shallow grave someplace. And I'm sure 
Although I, I think a lot of the fleet now is um, is drone, um, there is uh, the thing about drones is they don't get drunk and blab to their mistresses. So, uh, but there's a, a lot of people aware what's going on, and uh, they've somehow put the fear of God into them. Like, don't ever. Talk. I mean, we just have, we pretty much have zero whistleblowers. Yeah. Because they all know that they're being listened to, and com- and things will happen if, if 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 they ever speak out. Maybe we'll get one. Who knows? But I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah. And um, most weathermen, most weathermen have to be all weathermen, this, right? All weathermen. All weathermen. You know, like I said, it's really really simple physics. I mean, water, what like. Water vapor condensation, like I said, is very freaking simple. You need a, you need condensation nuclei. Where are these condensation nuclei coming from? Oh, and another thing, which I came across a few months ago, was this. Oh, I forget the name of it. It was it was it was a school book for kindergarten through grade four, mm. I think. And it was like, oh, what's the name of that cloud, right? And in it, it was like this cute thing, and like they were like built kids like pointing up and smiling with like chemtrails everywhere, you know? <laughs> which, is, which is, you know, yeah, that is, you know, expected. But on the in one of the teacher's notes, it says that. Oh, by the way, this 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 book was co-funded by the State Department. Uh, NASA. <laughs> so they they signed off on it. They funded it. They I, I imagine they would have at least read it. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, paraphrasing. It said, "Oh yeah, yeah. Planes can leave these persistent contrails because uh, the you know ice crystals and water vapor form on." particles that exist in aircraft exhaust. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. You get a hydrocarbon, natural gas, gasoline, kerosene, jet fuel. Right? Yeah. Yep. A hydrocarbon is it's got carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. And that's it, right? Yep. Yep. When you, when you burn it, you get two things and two things only. You get water, H2O, and carbon dioxide, CO2. Mm-hmm. One's a gas, the other one comes out as a vapor. Mm-hmm. Neither of those are particulates. They, they are not aerosols or, or particulates. So what are these, these aerosol particulates that this children's book is saying from 2007? So these, I mean, people will have been... People who were in kindergarten seven years ago, or actually was it eight years ago now, were implanted with this BS. It's so insidious. They are, ugh, yeah, hence scumbags. Well, yeah. Hey, if, <laughs> Patrick, we're going to uh, open up the uh, call to anybody out there with a comment or question for Patrick Roddy. Oh, please. Anybody else? Uh, just a comment or a question. Unmute your phone. We have a lot of people on talk shoot. Sorry about my my phone is echoing too. Anybody out there? A comment or question for Patrick Roddy from San Francisco.
Yeah, Fred, this is Dave. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Go ahead. Uh, barium is used as a, uh, not filter, but a, in, in, in the intestine where you have a barium test, uh, you, uh, 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 for x-ray, you drink it. Now, there are, yeah. I've been reading, I, I Googled barium toxicity, and anybody can do that on the call. Mm-hmm. And and you'll come up with a PDF of eleven pages, and it's it's not related to, it, but but they do discuss aerosol uh, intoxication as well as ingested uh, uh, intoxication, and they talk about um, the the parts uh, per million or the uh, I think I think it said for human beings it was uh, toxic. Uh, or, or non-toxic, I can't remember. Certainly, when you said that barium... Oh, you faded, uh, Dave. You, you're not coming through. You're breaking up, Dave. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're kind of muzzled now. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, well... Yeah, there, there you go. go. Now, now it's much better. Go ahead. Nope, it's happening again, Dave. You're swallowed up by Skype or something. Your Skype connection is kind of taking you down. Okay. Well, I think I think I know where he was co- where he's coming from on okay, that. Okay. Good. Yep. Uh, so you know, yeah, there there is a thing called a barium. But yeah, it's the you, you drink a barium thing, so it just shows up when you X-ray. And, yep. You know there, but as for the toxicity of it, that the video which hopefully will link in the thing where I confront Ken Caldera, you just go into the comments section, there is the link to the material safety data sheet for barium salt. And it's there, and you can decide if you want to breathe that or not. It's highly toxic, and that's not, there's no real, no argument about that that I've I've come across. And uh, so, anyway. I I wasn't giving an argument. I was just pointing out that, that, the curve for toxicity is very steep, and uh, I I haven't finished the article, and I have to read carefully okay. and listen to background things going on here. But uh, mm-hmm. I just want I just want people to know that they can Google uh, barium B A R I U M toxicity under Google and and find uh, reading material that helps them to understand what you've been saying having to do with barium alone, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure glad you're going, and I hope that uh, people can support you going. This well, me to too. Stop. Yeah. And I think we have, um, they are, they're such marshmallow people, and they, they just, they fold like a deck of cards so easily, and there's going to be a bunch of us there. And it's, yeah, of course I'll have the fun stuff of me with Caldera, but the real action is going to be out mingling with all these different people, telling, telling people who are scientifically literate and they know about this stuff. Like here, just give them like a, a, a few data points. Now I'm, I'm going to be giving that, handing out this paper, and they'll have a, I'll have a way, of, you know, like sending it to their phones and all kinds of stuff. And this. We should have a lot of pushback by the time they get around to, you know, actually openly talking about this stuff. So, it, and uh, Max Bliss was at the Berlin 
won last year, and there is a Berlin Declaration which was supposed to include geoengineering, but that fell flat in its face because there was just a handful of people there, and they stopped it. I mean, Max Bliss and some others, they, you know. So they can't control, they can't have everyone in the scientific community, community A, be aware with of it, are willing to play along. So we just have to find people of conscience, and there's going to be plenty of them there, get them really pissed about it and also push back on this. And I, and I, I, I can't, I can't if, if we all go, I can't see them being able to put in their final declaration, you know, their final things that, oh, yeah, everyone's fine with you entering that. No, we are not. Will there be a streaming or archive of it? Um, well, interestingly enough, um, again, that was the video I did of the um, with Caldera. The third, the third part, the end part of it was at the uh, there was a, a conference in San Jose back in February, and you can get the if you pay them money, you can go and download all the audio of the conferences. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough. In the in the session where I was giving them crap, hey, you're you're ignoring the third leading cause of death. Hey, hello. For some reason, the mic didn't work for the questioners. Strange that. <laughs> Oops! Somebody forgot. I mean, it sounded like you know it was working, but no, 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 no. Unfortunately, because I was filming, my my camera was right beneath me, so I had to like. The official audio of them clearly. Good for you. Good for you. But the the official audio never worked. (laughs) Yeah, conveniently. So document, 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 document. So everyone, almost everyone, I feel like these smartphones, they all have this like voice record thing. You don't have to have a fancy microphone. You're not. I mean, we're not. We're not looking for Dolby 5.1. We just need to make like use it. Use that thing and belt and braces and you know I I, I recorded multiple things like this the, when I was with Caldera last time I had him on two cameras telling me to go f myself um, <laughs> yeah so and, it, and the thing is they're they're full of it and they of course will lie and you say well hey but you said you know they, uh, they will try to deflect. But it looks so transparent when you then piece all the stuff together when you say, well, actually, here in this paper over here, he said this, and he's claiming no knowledge of it. Oh, I can't remember kind of stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> hey, I have a question for... Oh, I have a question from Talk. I have a question for a lady that is uh, listening in on Talk Show, Patrick. Her name's Diana Heath, and huh? she wanted to know if um, uh, I, she says, "I wonder how many drones, as opposed to human pilots, are doing the spraying." Well, okay, I can answer that uh, because there's. It's not just the drones. It, it's also coming out of commercial aircraft. I um, if, if you go on my channel. My, if you go to YouTube slash my name, you'll 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 get there. Uh, where I have the close-ups on the sprayers, Air, like Air Korea, Asiana, like the like Korean airline, they they they're flying over spraying. I have video of the oh. of commercial airliners doing it. But the the days where you get like the grid coming in, yeah, that's the the other ones. 
the ones you that mean don't the, the ones that don't show up on Flight Radar 24, they may or may not have tunnels. I think they probably don't, because why, why bother? Because they've had, I mean, dr- the drone technology is, is, the only reason we have pilots nowadays is because passengers don't feel, wouldn't feel comfortable getting in a plane with no pilot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I live near the airport in Portland, Oregon, and, and I see a lot of air traffic near here, and, and the chemtrails come from the south, and they, they come almost straight up in the air, and then they turn north toward the, the airport. I don't know where they're landing. I think somewhere up in Washington. But I've never seen a commercial flight that is bypassing the airport ever doing anything that looks like uh, chemtrail spraying. I've been watching well, the chemtrails for decades, uh, literally. You need a good camera. You need a good oh, camera. Oh, okay. Um, I actually... Here, this section is brought to you by Nikon, okay? <laughs> Nikon just... Uh, they, they, they announced this new... Um, it's called the Coolpix P900, which I'm, should be arriving next week. Because the one I've used already, it's like a Canon FX50, had a 50 times optical zoom with image stabilization. This one has 83 times optical zoom, so I'll be able to count the freaking novels. So oh, wow. there are, they're, called, they're called bridge cameras, and it's, you, can, you can get real tight close-ups on it. And this thing, this is going to be more than twice as good as the previous one, so I'm looking forward to what I get from that. But yeah, it's certainly coming out of the... Uh, um, commercial airliners as well. Yep. Oh, I never see that. I have a question I... regarding that, please. Um, oh, another thing you want to look at, for, another good thing where you want to have these like super zoom things is uh, most most of the spraying is done in line with the turbines. So it's injected in line with the exhaust, so you just see like, like four trails coming out of four engines. Mm-hmm. But there's the other ones, there are other ones called wing sprayers, which you'll have a two-engine, you have a two-engine jet with eight trails coming off it. But you can only get that if you have like a really good zoom. But these Thank these you. cameras aren't don't cost that much. You can pick it up on eBay for like three hundred bucks. Um, but you you want a really huge, massive optical zoom, and like you have some camcorders have them as well. But uh, that's the way you document it. And the other thing that I do, which I'd highly recommend, I want. I want I want as many people to do this as possible. My time lapses, they're not hard to do. You need a camera with a very wide lens, and you have to take pictures and just have, have taken pictures all the time. And at the end of the day, piece it together into a time lapse of it on YouTube. We need as much of the sky covered as possible. And I have a, uh, also on my YouTube channel, there's a thing called Time Lapse Tutorial. I'll show you how mm-hmm. to do that. And um, it's not it doesn't have to be expensive. You actually can do it with your iPhone. So it doesn't you don't have to even spend any money. And um, I heard another more, question. Yeah. yeah, I think it was from Ray. Yeah, I had a Ray. question. Uh huh. With regards to the commercial airliners spraying, are we talking about commercial airliners that are strictly used for spraying that are equipped with all the plumbing and everything that no, no, there? No. Or are we talking about uh, plumbing equipped, you know, tank equipped uh, airliners that are simultaneously carrying passengers on regular flights. Correct, the latter. Here's that's, a question. That's you should wild. Ask. Here's a question you should ask yourself. In the last five to ten years, look at baggage allowances. 
they they cut down how much you can bring on. I mean, and whatever you can bring on, they charge you for. Right. The planes are the same size, same number of seats, same amount of fuel. So what's what are they doing with all, all that extra space? Are they just leaving it empty? Or could it be for room for the crop that they're spraying? Um, this is um, it, it, that's just a, a question. I don't know the answer. I but, was just presuming that it was a way for them to just try to increase their profits. Right. I'm, I'm sure. Well, the thing is, if you look at the ownership of all the airlines and the interlocking boards of directorships, it's it always points back to the same, you know, usual suspect: the scumbag, the top of the pyramid. Those guys. Um, so. And scumbag is is actually appropriate because when you think of pond scum, you got like a pond that has all this water, and this thin, almost impossibly barely there film of scum ruins it for everybody else beneath it. So yeah, scumbags. But uh, yeah, they, <laughs> absolutely. And the thing is, they, you can easily the pilots don't have to know about the spraying because I I hide uh, why. Would they have to know? Because the the planes are tracked by GPS. Whoever is doing this, whoever's job it is to like spray the Western Pacific on any particular day, isn't going to have to doesn't want to have to tell all the pilots. Oh, by the way, when you get to this geographically location, click the switch. No, that can all be done remote. <laughs> So why bother? And, and the people who are filling this stuff up might not even know because like the, the guys who have those trucks that you know take the like like uh, gray water and black water out and put clean water in. So are you, you know, saying that it's not necessary for anybody that's on the plane to be controlling when it sprays and when it does not spray? Yeah. What, 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 why, why bother bringing that extra level of complexity into it? Are you saying it's computer controlled or controlled from the yeah, ground? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think it's computer aided, but I think it's or it's organized and operated centrally by a central organization. I don't know who that is. I mean, maybe Raytheon's got a part in it or the MITRE Corporation. I, I don't know. The thing is, we know the what, we know the where, we know the how, but we don't know the who and the why. So why they're doing it, I think. I mean, we yeah. know the, what we know what the results are, and we know that these same the same scumbags have always been about population reduction. And power. Well, what is the what is the absolutely the boldest, most daring idea that you've ever conceived of stopping this? Nah, I don't have a bold idea. I mean, I, I, I like messing with them. I'm calling them on their BS. And the thing is, like, like the Muppets that they put out for to, to sell it are just these, like, little paper, crappy guys who got beat up a lot in school, and, it, and, and, and they drew the short store, short, short store to go out and try and sell this to a, a hostile public. But, you know, they're doing their job. I'm doing mine. But they're not responsible. They, I mean, like if you look at Ken Caldera's research, it's pathetic. He's, he's hardly done anything. You know, he's, you know, as he says, he sits behind a laptop all day, and, you know, whatever he does. He's not the enemy. He represents the enemy. So I'm, I'm, by proxy, I'm giving them crap through him. Um, but, 
you know, we really don't know for sure. I'm afraid that by the time we could convince the public that what's going on, we could all be dead from it. I don't think so. I don't think so. We are like roaches. We're very, very, very hardy. The scumbags have been trying to kill us off since they, we've crawled out of the slime, and they still haven't won. So <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm not giving up. And, um, oh, I don't. Pro- I don't propose giving up. I just think there, it might be time for a little more drastic action than just trying to inform the public of it. But until we inform the public, we can't do the next steps, though. Or maybe that's my opinion. Or maybe I'm biased because I actually I feel quite comfortable doing this part of it. Yeah. You know, if there are lawyers who want to approach it from a legal point of view, go for it. Or people who like want to crochet things and put them on, you know, whatever your skill is, use it. And. but it is really encouraging how the increase in the awareness from, like I said, just one year ago. It's massive. Hey, guys, um, we're going to do a wrap on the call. Uh, just a little few minutes past 10 o'clock it is. Uh, the official time for the call uh, has passed. Right. And I just wanted to say thank you, Patrick Grotti, John Taylor. I'm sorry he'd never made it on the call. He could have had a problem via you know, not getting access to the links or whatever. To access the call because uh, so that that could be another issue, but we're going to mm-hmm. carry this up uh, next week with two other guests uh, to follow Patrick and uh, Alexander who we've had on before. Uh, you know, looking up guys is really important. Just have people look up in the skies, as Patrick said. Be yourself. Be natural. Don't be crazy-eyed, wild-eyed. This is happening all around us. It's it's uh, destroying uh, the natural balance to the ecological systems of health in our world, in our neighborhoods, and as Patrick measured uh, many times, uh, you know, this is serious stuff. The barium counts, the aluminum counts, the strontium counts are off the charts. They shouldn't even be there. And uh, Patrick, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, hey, Fred. appreciate everything you're doing. Yeah. Hey, well, Fred. Yeah. Hey, Fred. I'd like to bring up one point, Sam. Yeah. Uh, no, let's look on the earth. Let's I don't know, Fred, do you want to do? Do you want to do that, Fred? What's that? What? Do you want to take another question, Fred, since you're trying to end? Uh, this is one real quick comment, Fred. Yep, uh, well, let's look on Earth with the vaccines. They have barium and aluminum, formaldehyde, oh, yeah. and uh, other uh, products okay. in it. And they're giving it to us. Yep. So, you know, you got the barium and aluminum in the chemtrails, but you got the barium and aluminum in the vaccines that are given to little kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And plus formaldehyde. Yep. Crazy stuff. Hey, Patrick, we'll have you back on, definitely. We want you to go to Paris. Uh, hopefully, people can drop a few shekels on, on the online GoFundMe link. Uh, they're all out there on the newsletter. Uh, I've got to go, guys, and just uh, get back home in my car. If you guys want to stay on and chat, uh, feel free. We're not – I'm just – we're ending the uh, – the official part of the call, as far as the closing off the audio link, just to have this sort of bookend for for ending the call. But feel free to stay on and 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 chat. Patrick, thank you so much for everything you're doing. Uh, hey, you're a true you. inspiration to all of us about this subject. It really is important. The tyranny of our skies. Uh, it, it for for our kids, for our grandkids, uh, for generations. Uh, uh, we need to end this. We need to get back to natural solutions, organic solutions peaceful solutions uh, uh, in what we eat, what we breathe, and how we share 
our, our natural environment. Thank you, Patrick. Absolutely. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Fred. Thanks, everyone, for your comments. See you guys next week. Take care. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, uh, Ray, Ray, are you still there? Oh, I'm, I'm around. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, uh, is Jim Palmasano on? Not now. Hello? He was. Oh, God. I got, I got a good I got a good video for you. Well, hey, uh, hey, Ray. Is, uh, our, our, there's still, uh, if we could, Sam, uh, there's still a big following. We got a, This is Steve in Charlotte, but we still got a lot of people on from TalkShoe. And, Patrick, there's still yeah. quite a bit you have uh, following you. So if you want to go on for a few minutes, because I know Diane's still staying on a few other ones, but... Uh, if you'd like to, you know, uh, Fred has to drop off, and I'm gonna keep the uh, keep the broadcast going and talk to you for a few more. Or actually, if you, if you can, if anyone has any questions, if you can feed them to me, I, I'll try. And uh, actually, I have a question. I have a question, Patrick. This is Dee yeah. from AU Network. Years and years ago, when I first started studying the chemtrails, and I don't even know how long ago it's been, right toward the beginning of them, I called every alphabet agency in the Northwest and was pretty irate and fired up about all this stuff. And um, I, I received a document. I'm not sure if it came from Alfred Weber or where I actually got it, but it's called the SHIELD Project. Did you ever see that no. document? Well, the SHIELD Project, and I still have it on file in my office here, was a, a very thick document with many, many pages about the chemtrails. And it stated that it included um, five different countries uh, whose chemical companies were uh, producing this mixture. And they were all involved in the in the production of the trailing poisons. And I read through it, and it was... Um, the heaviest thing I had seen in the most detailed in all the documents I had seen. But the, it came out really the, the main, from the SHIELD project, the main agenda, which now we know is expansive, expanded, um, was for depopulation purposes, well, you know, yeah, based, I mean, on, based on, yeah, the guidance, you know. So I think whatever other reason they're doing it, that one is definitely the main reason, you know. I mean, well, we, we can say, well, why are they doing it? Well, they're doing it to depopulate. Who Who's doing it? Yeah. Uh, you know, well, that's pretty much difficult. it. But uh, to, to jump in, I should, I should have really said this earlier in the thing, but um, like when people ask me, well, first I point them out, like, hey, look, look what's going on. They'll say, they'll ask who and why. And when I, the, uh, since this bit's not being broadcast, uh, <laughs> like I say, when they say, oh, oh yeah, why? I say, well, A, well, simply because they're assholes. And but <laughs> the, the reason is n- not the one that they give us because it doesn't right. work, because all it's doing is causing a cloud layer, which is an insulator. So they're full of crap there. So it's something other than what they're saying. Well, you know, the, very, very the, the one that the, I know that there, when um, Alexander uh, Hunter was on with us, she she had read from a, a book that was out, and you probably know about that. I think it's Elena Freeland or something. I haven't, I haven't read it yet. Yeah, she has the you know the the seven reasons why you know that that they're trailing, and one of them was G- GMO weather control, and then there was the electromagnetic frequencies, which make yep. people pretty crazy. Atmosphere a- atmospheric uh, addition to what Harp's doing, and then the military ops and the bio nanochemistry that causes the Morgellons. Planetary geophysical, and then the intelligent C4 computer stuff and the exotic propulsion. But since I've got that list, I was given documents on an eighth reason why 
their sprain. And it turns out, and you may have already heard this, that strontium makes a that light-colored, filmy color in the sky is is like a, a, a large movie screen. And they want to use the chemtrailing uh, with the strontium effect to produce like uh, the uh, the oh, project, project, blue, project, project blue beam, yeah, project I, blue beam, yeah. And the strontium evidently is is gonna is supposedly, according to this document I read, creating the the movie type screen so they can project the the Messiah and all the different yeah. world religions on this screen, like a movie screen, like in a movie, right? So so you must know you know about that strontium well, effect. I know strontium is in the patent, but I wouldn't accept that as a reason because for a screen, you need like a whole, you need like a lot of it to project onto. Um, yeah, that can be water vapor can do that. So why 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 use strontium? It's less expensive metal. Um, oh, okay. So I mean, I'm, I'm not saying absolutely that's not the case. Yeah. Um, but the three ones that do come up. In the uh, in the patents a lot and the water tests and also the thing about the water test is you have to pay for every specific thing you're looking for so you can't just say hey test this and tell me what's in it yeah um, because if there's like Prozac in there unless you're testing for Prozac you won't know um, so there's right. God knows God knows what and there's the uh, I recommend people watch the uh, Sophia Smallstorms video from a few years ago called, I think I saw it from like Pseudo Life or something. It talks about all the nanotech in this in the spray. That yeah, we had her crazy. we had her on our wow. we had her on our program back in those days. Steve and I Sweet had a heart. Saturday Yeah, we had a Saturday night show that we ran for a while and Steve and I were we interviewed her on that. I have another question please. Please. Um what, if anything, have you heard of is an effective protectant antidote, if you please, for for uh, breathing these particles in, because certainly if they're toxic, and the people who are controlling this this uh, plan, they have to have some means of protecting themselves. Which they do, because there is a um, there's a uh, they've developed proteins. That can uh, that will attach on to mercury in your system. So it's, it's, it's like when I recommend people, you know, to take uh, chelation things like chlorella, you know, cilantro, cilantro, mango like that. But, but but I'm not sure how effective they are because I mean I know it will take stuff out of your gut, but w- when you're breathing stuff in, it goes through your nasal passages straight into your brain. So. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What, what are these proteins that you're referring to? What's that? What What are these proteins that you're you're talking about? No, I, I, it was a paper. I got. I, I don't have it off the top. Of my I, I I read about it or heard about it recently. Uh, there, it's basically it's it's some sort of bioengineered protein which will latch onto um, free aluminum in your system, which is something that has been developed, but I don't think it's something you'll be able to, you know, buy at Whole Foods. Do you but know there, who there Leonard? Is, there is technology. Do you know who Leonard Horowitz is? I do. 
Yeah, well, I was. I asked him one day when we were. He was here a few years ago, and I asked him how are they. The same question Ray just asked: How are they protecting themselves from their own sprays? And he said they use they use like a sonic silver or a you know a silver. Uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Chelated silver or whatever they that the cleanser is. Monatomic or monatomic silver. Colloidal oh, yeah, silver, cool. and they use a monatomic form of it, yeah. And he said that's how they protect themselves and their families. I mean, there's a lot of theories of different things to use. Uh, to be honest, I don't even do the chelation stuff much myself. I'm just too busy, like, shaking my face at the sky. I mean, I think, I mean, when a lot of people, that's another question, you know, Who's doing it? Why are they doing it? And what can I do to protect myself? I, I tell you know cilantro and stuff, but I really don't know. I mean, there are other researchers not their specialty, but I, I really couldn't. Don't I know. couldn't hear that part that you just said that that uh, drew a laugh. What what was that? Oh, like you know what I do instead of like figuring out how to fix myself, I'm shaking my fist at this guy impotently. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think any kind of antioxidants that you use would be beneficial for any kind of toxin. So I guess that's what we have to do, and then keep our uh, physical, emotional, you know, bodies uh, uh, up to you know what we prefer rather than what drives us down. You know. Yeah, just be happy and eat well. Yeah. As much as you can. And if you, right. if you let it get on top of you, it's just going to crush you mentally and physically. Uh, uh, for some reason, I'm wired differently, so I, uh, when you piss me off, I'll get, I'll stop and consider, and okay, okay, here's how I'm going to get, uh, here's how I'm going to get even. And I, and I, and I don't, I never go into a blind rage. Uh, I'll, you know, as people have. Like if my landlord's messing with me, if he, you know, I tried in the past and he was in a world of hurt, you know, it's just, uh, just it's just the way I'm wired. Maybe, maybe uh, could, the Irish. Uh, could I say something? Oh please. Um, I'm looking at a website here that popped up uh, through a Google search again under the under the view of strontium, and it has an overview information, and it's talking about strontium as a dietary supplement. So, oh, and, so and, and, trace, and trace amounts. I'm sure barium and trace amounts is good for you. And uh, but, 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 but homeopathic. Only the relevance here is is how, let's see, uh, I'm, this in no way disputes you, it's just another view, because in, in each of these three elements, aluminum, uh, barium, and strontium, you have to know what uh, category or, or, or isotope or something of it is in order to know if it's compound. Well, I mean, because like metals don't exist in their metallic form; they're usually bound to something like aluminum. It's usually aluminum oxide. Well, for uh, instance, only- a, 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 for instance, here's strontium is, is when taken by mouth is for treating thinning bones, osteoporosis. Radioactive strontium is given intravenously for for prostate cancer. And an advanced bone cancer and strontium chloride hexahydrate is added to toothpaste to reduce pain and sensitive teeth. So, so well, they're, they also put fluoride in toothpaste as well. That stuff's nasty. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand, but but the fluoride is not something they're spraying in the air. Of uh, uh, that, at least that we know of. Um, uh, it's showing up it, in the it, rainwater. It's showing. It, it's showing up. Uh, uh, 
you, you're getting much less strontium than you get. I mean, the biggest one is aluminum. Second mm-hmm. one is barium. And a distant third is strontium. A lot of my water tests come back negative on strontium. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever purpose it has, I don't know. But my, my, my approach for combating this stuff is the health effects of aluminum and barium, which are pretty uncontroversial. Uh, mm-hmm. I, have, I, have, I haven't done enough research on strontium. And we do need all kinds of trace, trace minerals. Um, it's just, but as, as a population, we are all toxified with metal. And in fact, I was, talking to, I, was, I was at a street action, and I was talking to a veteran, and I said, hey, you should get your, you know, your blood tested for metals. And he said, oh, I wouldn't be too sure about that because uh, one of his colleagues or whatever they call when someone else is in the military. He, when he was at the VA and he asked for a medals test, they, they tried to uh, section him for being mentally ill. So <laughs> well, it was well, like, well, wow. Well, I'm, a veteran, I'm, a, I'm a veteran Purple Heart, and I can tell you that if I asked for medal testing in my body, uh, I would think they'd be looking for bulls. So. Well, yeah. Lead poisoning, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Oh, that's a trip. It's weird. Anyway. We are, we're, we're, we're in a science fiction movie. But we're yeah, in a movie, we right? so, you know. <laughs> hey, I, I had a realization the other day. That, is it okay if I go? Yeah. Sure. Like, have you guys ever noticed those upward cast shadows? I, I've always wondered what they were, and I finally feel like I figured it out yesterday. Well, well the pictures I've seen... It'll. I feel you'll like. See a, well, like you'll a, see like a, a, a like a trail, and there's a uh, like there's a shadow going ahead of it. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's also one way I, I think the pilots must because be like aware of the program because they can see it from the cockpit, the shadow being cast from the trail they're leaving behind them, but also I not. Mean, pilots aren't stupid. They're they're not. Paid very well, but they they know what's going on. Yeah. Like I was and then anyway, but uh, and sort of the flight crews, like the our, our flight attendants, they know what's going on. A friend of mine, his his uh, his brother works at Boeing. They all know about it, but nobody speaks up because consequences. Whatever the uh, whatever. The yeah, are. yeah. Losing your job, number one, or worse. Yeah, <laughs> to get murdered. But uh, so these upward cast shadows, I feel like I figured it out yesterday. Just like the moon, the the earth is reflecting the sun's light. And when it reflects back, the trail, the condensed trail is blocking the reflected light, casting the shadow. uh, It wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't do that. It would only work if it was over a a body of calm water to act as a a good reflector. Otherwise, water water is the least reflective thing on on the face of the earth. Well, no, but you can get reflections off off a body of water. Ice and snow are the most reflective. Well, eh, I don't don't know. Everything reflects on the Earth. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, large portions of... It's called albedo, the the whiteness of... Yeah, but to to cast a clear shadow back at it, it it has to be like from a point source. So it has to be reflecting, like a sun bouncing off something. The Earth is a point source reflecting the light in space. 
Well, the, the Earth itself is very, it, it's not flat, and it would reflect up evenly. So it'll, it'll, it'll be diffused, and you would send, send a, a good shadow above it, mm. unless it's very close. If it's just, if it's just above, or, or the, pla- the trail is just below another layer of artificial cirrus, perhaps that's when that's when you see the shadows is when the trail's below another uh, a chem cloud layer. Well, yeah, when you have a when you have a very thin uh, diffuse layer beneath it, it will cast a shadow onto that. That that that's easy, but reflect like having casting a shadow above it is difficult. And some of them will may look like they're above, but they're not. Not always. But I don't know. I, I I need to spend more time looking at that. But yeah, I, I feel like that's uh, that's something that's easily provable to the naked eye to anyone in explainable and simple science, and mm-hmm. can be seen daily to anyone that is paying attention. So I just thought I'd, I'd bring that up. Thank, thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm just some guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, we're all just uh, some guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> At least there's a, as long as we're each another ourselves, then we've got a hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You, you know what's significant about aluminum? Uh, I say aluminum's one of the things that's in, implicated in Alzheimer's disease. And, you know, oh, yeah. there's an epidemic of Alzheimer's disease in older people. I know. I said that earlier on. It's the sixth leading cause of death now, and it didn't exist 50 years ago. A lot of people have learned how to not to cook with aluminum cookware, but you never know when you go out to eat what they're using to cook with either. So, yeah. um, you know, they're putting it. Like I said, they're putting it in the shops. You know, I, I, you know, you, you got to filter. Your, have a really good water filter, and ugh, you know, it's like they'll figure a way of trying to get it into us some one way or the other. But I, uh, you can, you can, I mean, you can. You can no one gets out alive, so I wouldn't spend yeah. <laughs> all your waking hours trying to be a slightly healthier corpse. So, <laughs> yeah, you know what I think the point is of, of being a healthier corpse is that you feel better along the way, and I think that's oh, the most I, important. I, I, absolutely, I agree. I mean, I'm not. I'm yeah. Not gonna keep... Yeah. <laughs> they have these. Um, there's like a green festival they had here in San Francisco, and you, you go to the green. I, I went, I went to this thing, and, and you look at the people, and you know, there's a bunch of hippies and all these different sorts of people. But when you look at them, they all had great posture. They were awake. They had great skin, clear eyes, and their kids were like really alert and doing running around, doing all this stuff. Yep. Yep. And after that. I, you know, not too long after, I was in a, either a Walgreens or a, a Safeway. Uh, the people were all busted up. They were like, just physically oh, and mentally. Oh, geez, they are. It's just terrible. Portland here is, a, Portland's a mecca of, of health hospitals. And, I mean, it's it trains naturopaths here. There's institutes for training the chiropractic. There's, there's like a giant health food store with meat and farmers, all perfect stuff in every single neighborhood, at least one. Yeah. And you go in, you go into a regular store and it actually smells bad. You know, I was, yeah. I was somewhere yesterday. Oh, I was in Albertsons cause it's close to my house and I went up there to get something. And, and I usually don't shop in these stores. I usually shop in the, in the healthy stores or Trader Joe's or something. And just the smell of the store, mm. 
even yeah. a large store is just disgusting. <laughs> I don't know how people can shop there. You know, just the products themselves, the energy is, is different. You know, it gives off a, yeah. a lower energy. And I think it is all energetics. You can you can overcome anything with with energetics. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think you know. I don't. I don't. I, don't I, I used to be a real, but um, you know, like you know, science. You know, scientism is, you know, you basically treat scientists as a new priest class. Whatever they say, except that science is the truth. Everything else is bogus. They're just fairy tales. There's no such thing as spirituality or that kind of thing. It's all bogus, right? Uh, since I realized that our collective enemy is pure, unadulterated, straight-up evil, yeah, that that its existence, evil's existence, proves that there is the reverse, good, and there is a force of good, which. When you're doing good stuff, I like I. I'm not that special, but when I when I was like the, the first Caldera confrontation that I did, I felt I felt like I was being fed lines. I had the timing of a Chris Rock, nailing that guy, and I'm not that good, but I had help, and you get and you your your path is cleared. Yeah, and um, when you actually. When you have something good versus something evil, one-on-one, it's no contest. They yeah, the energy is totally different. Yeah. I mean, and, and they're, they're, they are unimaginative. They steal all... They don't, not only do they steal all the money, they steal all the ideas and trying to use other people's creativity. And they are... They lack empathy, which is a hard thing to contemplate or even get your head around because it's just such an alien thing because like if, if you were over if you were here in my apartment I'm, I'm barefoot right now and if I like stubbed my toe on the coffee table you would wince it would hurt you that's empathy to not have that is so incomprehensible it's but they really do exist. I actually dated a sociopath, so I actually knew knew firsthand what what they're actually like. And I also had dealings with someone who was very freaking close to boardroom level at Goldman Sachs. And they are evil, sociopathic, and bred bleh, whatevers. And they exist. And so many people are... They've heard the term psycho or, you know, they sort of... But it just sounds... Like... It's almost an abstraction to them. Until you actually meet one of these people, it's it's it's, and that's who we're up against. Yeah, Patrick, don't don't leave, out, don't leave out David and Charles Koch with that uh, that group. Make sure you include. <laughs> well, yeah, they're all I, actually. Unfortunately, I've I've also come to the conclusion that if you've heard of them, they've been gotten to. Oh yeah. Which it, and that's, I mean, I have yet to find someone who's not, who that's not the case, and it's unfortunate. So you can never wait for someone else to do stuff for you. Like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we had so-and-so speak up about chemtrails? No, forget it. Do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I like about the people on this call that over these last eight years that have bonded together here as regulars, they're all very well-informed, and they... 
they have the best questions and they and they are the most well uh, well a lot of the most well informed people I know in my demographic is spread out pretty much across a lot of different areas. But you know, somebody will say to me, Well, you know, why do I feel so weird? And I say, Well you have to first thing you gotta remember is you're living in a world full of psychopaths and how many people a day do you talk to that has a clue about what's going on? That's bound to lower your energy. So, you know, I think that's why we all keep coming back here because, you know, we there's a lot of calls out there, but you got to have somewhere to go where you know that people are intelligent and informed and care, and we're all really different from each other, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. we've had a lot of different guests that are really different from each other too. But But when you get away from that energy of, you know, locked in with the psychopathic mentality and not aware of these larger issues or even why they're on the planet, it really does knock things down. And and I think myself, I know I've stayed a lot more in sanctuary in the last few years than I have in my entire life. I'm 67, and so I've been out there being an activist since the 60s, and I just it just wears you out trying to find your uh, the demographic, you know, that appreciates your thinking or is searching for things themselves. So I think that's really important is to find that, you know, and find that place in your life where you can at least talk to someone. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't wear me out. It actually energizes me because I'll find you'll be out. Of course, now, like, there's more people aware than there were a year ago. And it was, you know, if you spent, like, You'd be there 40 minutes and one person takes a flyer. So, you know, that, that sucks. But each time, you know, you get a positive reinforcement, someone, you, you, you wake someone up, that's the best thing. Or, yeah. you know, someone, someone already knows and gives you a thumbs up or something. That gives you more than enough motivation. It's like, you know, the, the, you know the, the rat in the maze that, you know, like you press the button, you get a little hit of cocaine or hits his pleasure center or something. That's more than enough to keep going to the next thing. And uh, it just, yeah. you, know, it, you become unstoppable. And it's, but, oh, oh, hey, oh, Dee Dee. I, I, I do want to make one point briefly. Um, you said a world full of psychopaths. No, a world run by a world run, run by, by psychopaths. psychopaths. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not full of psychopaths because I believe most people are a white hat person or a good guy. But yeah, you know. they're, but actually, they're, they're actually they're, they're a lot of good psychopaths. <laughs> ridiculous. There's the the, the, um, the there's that book um, Superclass written by it was David Rothkopf who was the uh, head of the Gissinger Group came, that came out in 2005. And he was talking about the ruling establishment. And he called them the super class, they called them the scumbags. And he said there's only 7,000 of them. Yeah. The, like the families and their lieutenants. Yeah. 7,000. That's vanishingly small. Yeah, they it have is. a lot of it. They have a lot of influence, but they really are less than a tick on humanity's collective behind. Exactly. Uh, all we need to do is scratch. And that's why they're really freaked out at that awakening and mm-hmm. our numbers. They, oh, 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 yeah. Too, there are too many of us. They really didn't expect... Uh, well, see, they're not looking at it on the fifth dimensional level where where we are ascending to a higher consciousness. They're not looking at that. They can only see, like, to the fourth. And, yeah. and they used to be able to see from the fourth, they could see the future. Now the future isn't in the fourth dimension anymore. It's beyond that. And so they don't, they can't see there. And so they keep trying to do all these things, but they're running into a lot of roadblocks now because the energetics of the planet are superseding their, 
their efforts. And I know it doesn't seem like that, but it's just the seemingness that, that it looks like it's never going to end. But if, but I see lots of indicators of, and yeah, it will fall apart and it, it might get worse before it gets better, but there is an end to it because they, it's just evo- well, evolution. You know, people say, well, they've been here for centuries. Well, so what? We, we, we were never as evolved in awareness as we are now. Hey, what, Dee Dee, what, what, you know, as a, as a, as a prime example of what, what you're talking about, I remember going up, to the rally, rally for the Republic up in Minneapolis. That was Ron Paul's. Um, he held his he held his own Republican convention. All right, I, I remember know. that. Okay, well, I remember going up there, and um, I walked into this arena, and there's fifteen thousand people there, and they thought just like I did. They knew everything I did, and it was it was just absolutely incredible. But but um, um, the gal that I went with, we decided that we were going to go over to St. Paul, where the Republican National Convention was going on, and we were going to go just check it out. Well, we get over there, and it's a war zone. And I mean. Yeah. I mean, literally, it was a war zone. They had they had uh, law enforcement on on foot, on bicycle, on horses, in automobiles. And they had the national guard out there. They had postmaster generals that were out out there with guns, and were <laughs> and they they had snipers on the roof. And I know they have the dark. The Darth Vader guys, I call them the Darth Vaders. They were yeah. there. And that was, all, that was all to keep all of us and the Ron Paulers out of the building, all of that. Well, and, and, and I was sitting there, and I'm going, this is insane. And, so, and we, actually, we actually got caught at one point where they surrounded us, and they wouldn't let us leave. And we're like, look, we, we want to get out of here. Uh, this is crazy over here. We're going back uh-huh. to Minneapolis. No, you can't leave. Why not? Because we're we're telling you you can't leave, and we it was really kind of hairy for a while, but we got out of there and we went back over to Minneapolis, and I remember walking up to the to the auditorium or arena whatever, and I saw these cops that were standing there. There's like six or seven standing there outside a door. They weren't armed. They had a gas mask on their on their uh, thigh, and I looked at him and I just went, um, "Wow, have you, do you guys know what's going on in St. Paul?" And they go, "Oh yeah," and I go, "Well, good for you. You don't have to be working there today." And they're like, "Oh yeah, we love it here." And I said, "Well, you're not going to get any trouble over here." I said, "Because we're all peaceful. We don't want any trouble." And they just looked at, I just remember the look, look on their faces. Uh, but, but, yeah, but that gathering was so incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, because you just felt like you were at home with your neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the way the whole planet will be eventually, you know. It, it's, it's scheduled to be a, a beautiful stopping place for people from all over the galaxy and I know maybe not in our lifetime I like to think it will be but you know it's just 
this debacle, this discontrol, it, it 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 will pass, you know. Yeah, I don't think so. It never happened. Well, they, uh-huh. well the world the world's done. World War Three's around the corner. Hey, yeah. Yeah, see, I don't I don't buy that. I don't buy that. That's our choices. Yeah, I don't well, buy that because we can create timelines that, that supersede physical reality. We we don't need to just because they say that's the way it's supposed to be doesn't mean we have to take it as a final destination. You, you don't have to take. What are you going to do about it? Look what's going on in the world right now. Oh, be, uh, but to get back to the question about the chemtrails, we got to control the mainstream media so they don't give out the information. Uh, number two is there's a lot of uh, doctors here now, in Pen- not all a lot, but there's some doctors now here in Pennsylvania, western Pennsylvania, that are using alternative treatment and uh, for removing like IV chelation and also uh, there's even some medicines you could take by mouth to remove the metals from your body. Sure. And th- Yeah, there's there's some doctors now that are doing alternative treatment. They're not following the mainline medicine. The mainline medicine. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's collation, collation therapy, I think. Collation, uh, collation therapy. Collation, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah collation. Use, and there's they even use, ways, there's even things more effective than collation now that, that, that have been developed by Dr. Carolyn Dean that, that work like the RNA drops that make new cells and the Nano pico magnesium, all these things that you know, because chelation's been around for a long time. They've been using it here in Oregon for for quite a while, decades, really. Um, so it's just an indicator, though, Sam, of of how things are changing and how it's much more widespread than we think. And and are all these things that are going on that we're hearing through the mainstream news around the world are those actually happening? No, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, a lot of them probably are, but. But like Patrick was saying, you know, it's all a, it's all a script. It is so yeah, it's a script, and it's very illusional. And you know, it, it, that's why I just Sam and I've been having this this talk about this kind of difference between us for a long time, and we we really care for each other. But you know, it's a different way of looking at things, and I think it takes yeah, all I, ways. I see what's going on in the world, and it's not good. And did you well, know yeah. Listen to this. Ray Ray Mills sent me an email. They're using a neutron bomb in Yemen. How do you like that? Sure they did. You know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know one hundred percent that that's true? I mean, that's uh, that's what Gordon Duff says, and I believe it's true. Oh, um, yeah. probably is true. Well, Gordon Duff has already been. He's already been proved to be. Uh, he's an insider, and he's he's one of the hacks. So. Yeah, I know, uh, but, but 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 you have to, you, but but you also have to look at the good that's going on. I'm on a group on LinkedIn that they're going to create a worldwide aquaponic farm cooperative, and it's moving forward. Yeah, it's moving forward right now. So there is a lot of good going on that can counter all this evil. But you just got to be open to look at other places because there is a lot of good going on. So I agree with I you, Jim. I don't think it's over. No, it's no, not I, over. I, but you have to be careful where you put your energy and your power because you're a powerful person. We're powerful people. Everybody's powerful in the way that we create our reality. So exactly. that's really the only that's really the only defense we have. 
Exactly. We had had interaction, just cut in, we had interaction with really good people tonight, too, that are are new with this venue. We had, uh, uh, I'm not going to give last name, but Alan was uh, on area code 909, and he's from Southern California. So it's always good to share new energies and and part of the collective consciousness uh, with the ideas, like Diddy said, and also Diane was sharing with us tonight, too. So it's been fun. Anytime we get new folks on with us to share things, this all moves things forward. And thanks, Diddy. Yeah, well, thank you, Steve, and thank you, everybody else, uh, for being on tonight. I'm going to get off myself here and go do some other things, but thank you, Patrick, again, and thank you, everyone, with all of your incredible energy and your loyalty and your good questions always and you know this was our 401st call uh, Patrick <laughs> oh can I, can I can I say one thing <clears throat> oh say stay on as long as you want and say whatever you all want right. <laughs> all right. All right. yeah um, a lot of people think oh they're oh we're coming to the climax the end the you know the, we, we think in lifetimes the scumbags think in millennia yeah. And we, humanity is like any other ecosystem. There are pre, there's a predator slash um, parasite class, which we, has always been around. I mean, you'll find in any, in any ecosystem, you're going to have predators and prey. And our predator class, parasite predator class, has always been with us. They'll always, they'll always, they'll, they'll always will be with us. And it's just at any time, like in the body, if you, if if there's disease, there's like too many bacteria and viruses like show up. Then all the antibodies and white blood cells come into action. So whenever you get a rise in scumbaggery, you get a rise in awesomeness that naturally counteracts it. They're able to balance. It's almost like that movie Avatar, because the, right. the, the 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 miners come in and they throw everything out of balance, and are and that. The, Pandora said, ah, screw that, and puts everything back into balance. So I don't see I, I, I don't see any big calamity. I mean, of course, there's always been, if you look through history, there's always like old messed up things like wars and famines and droughts and raiding snails and whatever. But um, <laughs> don't get, you know, life will go on. The, the birds will be cheap and the grass will be a bit longer. And don't, don't always think in fear. Oh, it's gonna. Uh, uh, you know, it doesn't help, really. So enjoy, enjoy life, and I enjoy fighting these scumbags. So I actually get pleasure from it. And even in bad spray days, I know I'm gonna get a good, get a good time lapse. So you know, it, it'll work out. But uh, and besides, you know, all. Yeah, they've had this big thing about depopulation, but really deep down, they still want someone to kick around. So I don't see they, they're really going to go all the way. Well, they, 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 may, they may go to another planet of their own in a different dimension. <laughs> That's my hope. Oh, oh, oh. Please, Please do. <laughs> hey, but Patrick, hey, really, well, they want to depopulate the world by 95%. And I've read that several times. Oh, yeah. But, but they've been saying that since Plato. I yeah, know, but they want to. That's, a, that's not a new thing. Yeah, but uh, but they're trying to figure out how to do it. Yeah, well, you know, I, people I, come and go. People come and go from the planet according to their divine calling and and their their relationship with the with divine source. 
So even people that leave in massive amounts from some hurricane, I think they're all in agreement before that happens, you know. I mean, I think it's much larger and you know than being a victim on the planet. We we choose to come and learn and grow in a certain way and whatever lifetime we're in and and then we we go from there and we learn and we we teach and we I don't know, I just I guess I just don't wanna give up you know, the power to the to the few. Like Patrick was saying, it's like seven thousand people yeah. that have okay. all of this control, you know. Hey, I got a story for you, Didi and Steve, and I think Fred's already off, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not sure exactly. When when was the Ames, Iowa straw poll in 2000? What was it, 6? No, it was, wasn't it 8? Yeah, 2008 when we were all in Ames, well, Iowa. No, well, well, the election was in 08, but I think we were there in 06. Is that not when we started this call? Uh, well, I have notes from 2007. I wasn't. Yes, May of 2007. So, uh, yeah. Okay. It, so, it's, okay. Anyway, so I, I don't know that I ever told you any of you this, but it was like two. It was like a week or two weeks before the Ames straw poll, and we we had uh, the. You and and Dee Dee and Steve and and Fred and I don't know who else was on. Bonnie was on there. Walter Reddy and we we're going to do this boat and sunshine deal. Right, we remember did. That? Yeah. Well, we did okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I remember it was a it was like a week or two before the straw poll was actually going to occur, and this buddy of mine calls me up and he was a Ron Paul fan. And he calls me up and he says, hey, Jim, I need a ride to Iowa, to northeast Iowa, to go pick up a car because my mother's passed away and we're divvying up all the assets. And I need a ride up there to get this car. And I said, okay, fine. So I take him up there. And and it was like in the, like nine, 9 or 10 o'clock at night. I'm driving down this farm road out in the boonies. There's no light. It's dark as can be, and we're on this conference call. And I'm, I, I'm taking part in this conference call. So anyway, we get up there, we get the car, we spend the night. Next day, I tell him, I said, "Hey, we're going back to Ames, Iowa. I want to stop by and see the location of the college where this straw poll is going to be because I've never been to this deal. So we we stop by." Okay, now this is in the middle of the week. There's no students in college. Uh, all the parking lots are empty. Well, we could see we could see all these uh, um, uh, setups that were being done up there. So we pull into this empty parking lot, and I get out, and I'm kind of just kind of looking around at everything. And all of a sudden, I look down. And I see a I see a five dollar bill, and I go, wow, that's a five dollar bill. And I reach down and I pick it up and I start looking around, and there's cash all over the ground. And I wow. think I picked up I think I picked up like sixty bucks. And I was like, I was like, well, that was a worthwhile trip. 
<laughs> but that happened to me, and it was like a week or two before the straw poll. And um, and and I'll never forget the straw poll. That was my first political experience of my life. So, good times. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I got a I got a little story. Not really, no, anecdote really. Um, so here with the o- Occupy movement here in San Francisco, um, they actually camped outside the Federal Reserve, which was like a good place for it. And when they finally kicked everyone off and they bent the whole thing in, they had the, the that Federal Reserve cops in their Darth Vader outfit. Yeah. And so I go up and just say, oh, hey, how's it going? And I talk to the senior guy there, like the sergeant or whatever. The oldest guy was in, and there were some other younger guys in Darth Vader outfits too. So I start truthing it up with him, you know, as you do. Um, just to talk about the Federal Reserve and all that, all that kind of stuff. And um, turns out, not only is was he fully aware, he was fully prepared. He had a place up in the freaking Sierras with a well, stores of food and ammo, and he cut all these like techniques of. Yeah, like you can get these frogs, little frogs that have like poisonous skin. Uh-huh. Um, you lick them. <laughs> well, you don't lick them. You 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 keep them, and you can you can put um use use the this little type. You rub um, you basically blow darts, right? And you put all bits of um this toxin stuff on the tips, and you can use that for taking down small prey. Um, this. First glance, you think, aha, this is the enemy. He's dressed up in the Federal Reserve Darth Vader. No. So many people are fully awake. And, and another time, I um, I was given out, well, I think my first real active stuff was like, a, there's the uh, Alex Jones movie, The Endgame, uh, The Obama Deception. I, mm-hmm. I made a, like a double featured DVD thing, and I may actually burn 30,000 of them (laughs) and put them on car windshield and stuff all over. Mm -hmm. But um, I, there's this tunnel here in San Francisco, which has, um, like, yellow tile, and it gets dirty. So I thought, I know, I can write messages on the thing with a Swiffer. So I was writing Infowars in big letters in this tunnel in the middle of the night. And uh, sure enough, like like four cruisers show up. Like, like, what the hell is this guy doing in the tunnel in the middle of the night? And um, when the the sergeant, who again the the old, oldest guy, got out of got out of his car and started walking towards me, I can tell from his body language. He, he found this all very amusing, and he was cool. He wasn't going to have any trouble. So I was telling him about. This is back in '09. So this is around about the time of the vaccines. And so I was telling about, hey, you know, you guys, you got to watch out because they might make first responders take these things. You should know what's in them. And and I wanted to give them a DVD, but I realized that, you know, as soon as when any time they go on a, on a call, like their dash cams will be recording. I didn't want to get him to get in any trouble for like taking, you know, stuff from some, you know, random guy in the tunnel. And um, he said, he said, you know, I was saying, well, you know, if, if I accidentally, I'm really 
clumsy, and if I actually accidentally dropped one of these things that fell down the roadway where you are, you know, I couldn't go down there to pick it up because, you know, I said, oh, sorry, this could be one. So, anyway, so uh, I, I'd gotten as far as the R at Infowar, and all I had to do was the S.com. So I asked them, like, you know, um, would you mind terribly if I, like, just, I don't have much more to do on this thing. <laughs> and he said, uh, no, you can't do it tonight. Very quietly, not in his shift. <laughs> I have to wait for the shift change to finish it. <laughs> so, and also, I have uh, there's uh, in San Francisco. It's a very expensive city, and I wanted to know where all the cops live because I wanted to get this into you know, like, sort of like the military and all that kind of stuff. I want to like, what, where do they all live? So, I have a neighbor who's like fifth generation San Franciscan. So, so I asked her like, so, so where do all the cops live? And they said, oh, yeah, they don't actually live in San Francisco. There's a town, like, north and up in Marin called Novato, N-O-V-A-T-O, and it's like a cop town. So, all right, fair enough. So off I went to Novato. And uh, I just wanted, like, this Irish guy wandering around, like, by putting all these DVDs on, like, doorsteps and stuff. And I was, I didn't know what sort of reception I was going to get, and I was a little concerned. Okay, <laughs> I got all kinds of trouble, but I was welcomed with open arms. They were offering, oh, yeah, you're, you are, are you, you want some water? You want, to, you, want to, you, got a, you want a sandwich or something? And they were, they, not everybody knew the entire picture, but they all knew we were run by sociopaths, and it was all messed up, and they if it came down to it, they'd be on our side. And this, this is firefighters, like military, cops, everyone. It was awesome. So, yeah. That's great. Good times. Good times. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what I like to do. Well, Pat, that's, that's cool because, you know, you're doing what all of us are doing. This is Steve that you network in Charlotte. But you're getting the truth out. And, and that's what it's about. Because you don't do something to wake people up. It's inside of all of us. And that's the main thing. It's, not to, it's like my dear friend Dave Von Kly said, if you know of a lie and you do nothing about the lie, you become the lie. Absolutely. Like every, like every time I see a pregnant woman, every time I see a pregnant woman, I'll, I'll say, oh, hey, how's it going? And I can, I can usually guess. I'll say, oh, yeah, I used so many months long. Oh, yeah, I don't know. So, well, no, I first, first I tell them about Solano. The 190s had the four. Some of them had a five-speed, so you really had good mileage on it, you know? Well, oh, somebody's talking over a person. Oh, sorry. <laughs> mileage? Oh, sorry. Anyway, so, so I'll, 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 I'll introduce the – I'll, I'll say oh, hi and stuff, and I tell, I tell them, oh, hey, I've got a tip for you. Solano is really good to protect your baby because, you know, it's all about chelation and all that kind of stuff. And while I'm talking, and, and if I still have their attention, oh, I'll mention that, oh, yeah, there's mercury and corn syrup, and that will get me into, you know, the GMO thing. And if I still have their attention, I, I, I carry with me the, um, the product insert for the flu vaccine. I said, um, I tell them, like, you're going to be put under a lot of pressure to get every vaccine they can dream up. Um, read this. 
And it's a section that says animal reproduction studies not being conducted with this vaccine. It's not known that this vaccine can cause fetal harm when administered to a pregnant woman or affect reproductive capacity. That's anyone can understand that. So, but if, if for some reason I did not talk to a pregnant woman uh, because whatever reason, and her kid dies or gets critically injured because I didn't do that, you know, I mean, I, but, you know, it's a no-brainer. You have to do it. You have to. So, yeah. Hello? So I do. Patrick? Uh-huh? Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you, yeah. Well, this is, Lexi call. Uh, this is Lexi calling, and I was listening to the oh, whole hey. show. You did a marvelous job, my love. Thank you very much. I just want oh, to call well, and say uh, kudos, kudos. I thought I thought I was like, it, it was all, I just blabbered away. <laughs> I just kept going. <laughs> no, no, you, you did a very nice job, and I hope that uh, people start to bolster up your your. Uh, your fund, and you know, I just wanted to call in and say thanks. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Looking oh, forward. Oh, and did you hear? Call? I got, I got, a, I got, a, I got a mention on Coast to Coast last night. Oh, great! Yeah. Great. So the yeah the Peter Kirby, he's the guy who posted my he's one he works on Activist Post. He was getting interviewed by by George Norrie, and there's like a two minute segment they're talking about. Um, me owning uh, Caldera. It was quite, quite, quite cool. So, yeah. Does he have a show on there on Coast to Coast? No, no. It's George Norrie. He was a guest on Coast to Coast. Uh, Peter oh, Kirby. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Because, yeah, it would be great if you yeah. could get on that show. A lot of people listen to that. But anyway, yeah. I just wanted to yeah, say like, thank you. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm looking forward to it. Very freaking soon. I'll see you in person. <laughs> well, yeah, you guys um, gotta come have, back and tell us everything. Oh yeah. Well, we had a <laughs> oh, there'll be all kinds of stories. We had a little initial Skype discussion today, but we didn't catch you in because we knew you're probably getting prepared for the interview. But I did send you to get your a couple of emails, and um, so we're we're getting organized here with our advanced preparation and. Love you, darling, and, um, you know, we all have different styles, and this is really, this is, <laughs> Paris, France is never going to be the same after this crew rolls into town, so um, I, I just wanted to call up and say thank you. Thank you, thank you. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. no, my pleasure. Listen, I'm I'm glad to be aligned with the people that have um are well more than well equipped to handle um, this cadre of criminals, and um, it's going to be it's going to be real sweet to uh, go in there and do the job. So you know, love you very much, and good job. And um, you know, I think uh, Neil Douglas is going to interview you too. And if we can get more interviews going, that's what we need to be doing, spreading the word about what the heck we're doing. So we're you know can yeah. get it get it out there so that people. Understand that you know really only you know there's six of us and we're going in there to do the job that uh, other people just don't have the moxie to do but we sure do and we're gonna we're gonna do our best that's for sure so thank you Patrick well Love you. we're counting on you and we're happy that you were on our call too Alex and or Lexi I guess they called you and and just go you guys and do your very best I know you will and it's very exciting that we got very excited when we learned about that conference and now to have Patrick on as well it's really a treat 
Well, oh, I'm um, going to have think, a blast. I, I think Fred is going to have, um, I talked about Fred a couple of times today, and I think he's going to have Olga and Terry on right. next week. And, you know, maybe yes. Max will want to jump in. And Harry Rhodes is a guy, um, he's a brilliant guy in the U.K. that's been attending a lot of these climate meetings, but he cannot go to this one, but he's acting as our support system. So let me tell you, oh, these nice. are the finest. These, these, this crew of people are like we could talk about this in our sleep. We're very, very good at it. So, anyway, thank you guys. Love you, and I just wanted to cue in and say, um, great show. Thanks for having Patrick on. And Patrick, you did a swell job. I'm really looking forward yeah, to thank this. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and your, and awesome. your homework is in your email box, so don't forget to check. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Hey, love you guys. Look, before Good you evening. jump on, let's see, the uh, archive for tonight's show will be up on AUNetwork.tv tomorrow morning. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I let everybody kind of know from the archive for when I did. It's kind of hard to find your archives, not that I'm complaining, but thank you, guys. Oh. Um, I've got you got to go on talk to and... Go on talk to and get the archive as well. If you have trouble with the archive, you should always call. Call Steve or Fred or me or somebody and... Yeah, make it easy for you to find. Because uh, yeah. it'll it'll be right up under uh, it'll be under Patrick's picture tomorrow morning. So you know how to get to aunetwork.tv. So just go underneath Patrick's picture, and uh, yeah. you'll see the link for the archive. You mean Patrick's uh-huh. picture? Yeah. Pat- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it'll be under you his know, picture. You better, you better say the word handsome or you're going to upset this guy, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> uh, and listen, we are going to have fun with this because unless you maintain your sense of humor, you know, you, this is really serious what's going on, but you got to have a sense of humor because if you, if you don't have a sense of humor, you're lowering your own vibrational uh, energetic down to their level. And I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not giving them permission to allow that to happen to me. So, you know. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, okay, folks, love you, and thanks again, Patrick. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you made it. It was the eleventh hour, but uh that is so awesome. That kind of completes the full circle. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. But it, it really is fun. And what I what I try to get across like I also do nine eleven stuff. And oh, we we do too. <laughs> the thing about doing nine eleven stuff is like I don't I don't I don't wear black T shirts with skulls on them. I don't like Ah, it's terrible. Um, you know, I like the, the shirt that I use has got it's like like it has piece of dub and stuff on it. It's cute, but the fact that you're out there and you're calm and there's more than one of you, it's really it, it's giving per, the other people permission to be able to talk to you and see that you're unmolested. And it's okay to question things. Um, I try to keep things. I mean, yeah, there's. I mean, with the geoengineering stuff, there are certain technical things, but I always try to explain them in as simple terms as possible. Um, it it isn't that difficult. I mean, they try to 
the scientific community is just like the legal community. They'll, they'll, they have their own language to make, make it sound really complicated for other people, but stuff isn't that hard, really. You know, we sort of, we, like, cats understand physics. You know, beetles understand physics. It's all pretty straightforward. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. That's what I try to do, at least. Keep, keep it simple. Okay. So, so where are you guys all? I mean, you're scattered all over the country? Well, yeah. yeah. Dee Dee's in Portland, and uh, I'm Steve. I'm in Charlotte. And Dee Dee named, she has a name for us. If you go to aunetwork.tv and click on Trinity Affinity, you'll actually get, oh, cool. get that name to us. But uh, we all started out with 9-11 Truth. So we're split up across the country. Didi's in Portland, Fred's in Chicago, and I'm in Charlotte. So if you go on our animation we have, if you go to AUNetwork.tv and then click on Trinity Affinity, which is okay. name, you'll see an animation of the the cloud and what we call the life force coming from the horrific event of 9-11, and then that goes uh-huh. way up above the earth and breaks into three parts and comes back down in Portland, Chicago, and Charlotte, and that's where the three of us are located. And then uh, you see Trinity Affinity come up. So, yeah, that's, we've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing is that, yeah, we're, we're the ones running the call, but all these other people are in all over the place. <laughs> they're yeah. from Chicago. They're from Missouri. They're from Connecticut. They're from um, Missouri, Wisconsin, Michigan. You know, a lot of, they're from all over California, the regulars that come in. And it's kind of fun because, you know, they're everywhere. But we, we're the three that have been showing up to run the call. But without everyone else, it wouldn't be a call. So. <laughs> yeah, we let, we let you folks actually do what you want to with it, and we, we, we've we always done that. So, you know, even the people interacting with us tonight, even on talk show, you know, this has been fun, but it's as much your show as it in, is anybody's, uh, and we want you to be involved with it, everybody. So that's why this has continued for eight years. Yeah. Well, I was actually really impressed, though, because there's um – I, I was actually, I, I was, I, I was realizing that I was like, I, it was me blabbing away ninety percent of the time. And there was, you know, there's no interruptions or anything. I was like, wow, okay, awesome. <laughs> Off I go. Well, that, that's the point of it, you know. People have to get have a chance to really get into the gritty and tell their story. But if you're interrupted every, you know, like interrupted for commercials or interrupted for, you know, I mean, we we try not even to let people ask questions until until there's a specific time because it throws people off of what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so we let everybody get really done. <laughs> yeah. Because I, mean, I, I, I threw myself off, off of these tangents and forget where, where that tangent came from. Like, oh, crap. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people do that when they talk, though, because when you when you have a lot to convey, you know, it just comes tumbling out and you're just channeling yeah. it, <laughs> really. Mm-hmm. Was, that, was my connection clear enough? Oh, you sound great. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. And I do have an accent as well, but I think it's less impenetrable than it used to be. <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but Dee, uh, one of the things uh, that you have to acknowledge is with the alternative media like this is that people will actually allow people to ask questions or to voice a an opinion correct mm-hmm. and you 
you cannot get that on the mainstream media. They uh-uh. they they will bet you. Uh, wh- what do you want to ask? Like Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh and and all the others. What do you want to ask? Oh, well, we're mm-hmm. not going to take that question. Well, yeah. in the in the alternative media, you can get that, and so that brings every everybody can listen and go, okay, I think this guy's a nut, uh, but I'll listen. Yeah. Or, Mind you, hey, you what know what? Oh. This guy's, uh, or, or otherwise, hey, this guy's got a good point, or this guy's got a good point. We need to listen. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. And that's a big difference. I also noticed it, there were no... There were, I was expecting at least one shield to come in and say, oh, but prove it, it's coming out of the planes, or, you know, the usual bullshit. Excuse me, language. But um, did no, did no shields try to get in or something? Well, we used to have shields all the time when we were working with Aaron Russo originally for American Freedom to Fascism and, yeah. and then working with Ron Paul. We had, we had people come on and say, F you, Ron Paul, you know, right in the middle of yeah. his speech. Uh-huh. And we had a lot yeah. of dog barking tracks that would run and people, but we learned how to control the, the, the process. And we, we had a lot more people in the past too, you know, because there weren't that many calls as much as there are now. But yeah, we've had, we've had the, the, Feels a lot of disruption, but we don't have much of that anymore. But they'd cut off, they'd, they'd knock us all off the phone, and and people would have to call in fifteen times to get through, and you know, and then, and then we would address them, you know, like the petty tyrants are messing with the call. <laughs> uh, uh, Patrick, I actually, yeah. Patrick, can I ask you a question? Please. Yeah, you have an English accent, is that correct? Irish, Irish. Okay. I'm from Bel- yeah. Belfast. Yeah, well, you, you know what's significant? I, I I watch RT. I don't know if you ever hear the te- television station RT. Oh yeah, to yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and RT dot com. And all most of the uh, a lot of the uh, people that present the programs have English accent. Yeah, they they, they have. I think it's a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of British people there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know. You know, RT is supposed to be Russia Today is sponsored by Russia. And uh-huh. these people, the, a lot of these people present the news have the English accent, and I I don't get the connection. You know, I just don't understand it. Well, they have a studio there. I mean, Max. Oh, actually, Max Bliss. Not, not Max Bliss. No, Max Kaiser. He's on Russia yeah. today, and he's in Paris. Um, but yeah, there's English journalism is different to American journalism because the the way it works. In England, or like I, I, I was, a, I was a newspaper reporter. Um, in in America, how somebody becomes a, a a newspaper reporter or whatever, they'll do a liberal arts degree, and they'll maybe do a master's or some sort of thing, and they are they are taught how to write these ten thousand word essays about something or other. And then they get rewarded for it. In England, um, you can get into journalism school at 16. And you're just thrown in the deep end. And you have to write... Like, actually, there's, there's a Murdoch paper called The Sun, which is um, 
a like a tabloid, not like a supermarket tabloid, but it has. It, it, up until recently, like page three had a topless girl on it for like thirty years. So it was like, like a lowbrow mass market kind of thing. But they had these things called sunspots, and that that was a a one column inch story. So it is. Uh, this is basically like two sentences, if that. And in this sort of sunspot, it would have the who, what, where, why, and when clearly communicated, re, uh, which would be understandable by a 12-year-old or less, and be funny and pithy, and that is really, really hard. So we also have very, very, very strict press law. So... Um, the libel laws are extremely strict. I mean, you can't... If I actually witness a crime. If I see someone, like, just steal a, steal a handbag and run away, I could say that... And if I even knew the person who was taking it, I could, I could say that um, there was a theft, well, even alleged theft, uh, but you couldn't say who... If you said anything that could possibly prejudice a jury in the future, you get thrown in jail. And if there's some, uh, so it's, you we're t- you have to work within these very tight restrictions. But because you did that, you're well, you're constantly pushing against the, your limitations. You end up with much better journalism. And here it's just long and sloppy and boring. So I think that's what makes better journalists. Maybe I don't know. This is a style thing as well. Yeah, I can never understand why RT has a lot of people with the English accent giving news. I I just I can't I can't understand that. You know, I don't know if you watch RT. I watch it all the time. I, I, I can I can understand that. Yeah. Because because if you watch the mainstream media in America, hmm. channel to channel you will hear the exact same words <laughs> exactly, about the exact yeah. same subject. There is nothing that goes um, unrelieved. It's all the same. You know why, Jim? Yeah, you know why? I know why. I know why. Why is it? No, but the, because it's totally controlled. Who but controls it? Who, the, when they, you, you know, okay, but here's what I think. Okay, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Let me finish. The reason is because apparently in Britain, there's still a little bit of freedom of the media. Not much. I know. But it's it's a different style. There's stuff they won't touch, like they won't touch here. But but right here in the States, there's been people that have put out videos of a specific topic and they go from channel to channel to channel to channel to channel to channel and it is verbatim mm-hmm. the same thing is being said. Well, that's oh, yeah. because they're totally controlled. But Jim, the people with English accents, they're in Moscow. They're in Russia. They're not in England. So, I think no. I, I think I think RT has a uh, has a facility in London. 
Unfortunately, I'm sorry, but I trust RT better than I trust the American media. I do too. Um, yeah, yes, but you got to remember that they spray in Russia too. <laughs> I don't. You can't no, 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 and I get that. I get that. Yeah. But but they make more sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They make more sense than what I'm getting in the American media. So I I'm gonna look at okay, what makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know they have Jesse Ventura on, Jim. You know that. Yeah, but the one who did a hit piece on chemtrails. <laughs> yeah, I can't trust him either. He did a hatchet job on chemtrails. I mean, he's, he's had some good stuff, but I, you know, I wouldn't trust him as. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I think Jesse walked away several years ago and said, I'm just going to watch this develop because I don't think he wants part of it. I think he got the shot when he was the governor, uh, when the CIA came in and yeah. basically told him, we run the show. Mm-hmm. I think he said, uh, I'm over my uh, pay grade and I need to step back. Yeah. He burned out. He burned out on it. And that's the same reason why Dave Von Kleist, you know, uh, left well, I mean, he left the power hour and he left the country. So Dave told me. He told me on the cell phone when I talked to him many times, he said, you know, I'm tired of it. And uh, he, he wanted to, uh, he said, I've got to, you know, get out. So he did. Well, well just I mean, mm-hmm. let me tell you, I've been there. I, I, I'm, in fact, I'm there right now. Yeah. Why am I doing whatever I'm doing? Because I'm not seeing a result. All I'm seeing is more Bad stuff. Well, so, uh, Jim, Jim, go ahead. Jesse Ventura is on six o'clock every Friday on off on the grid off the grid on uh, Russia Today. He's on every and his 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 son's on Monday through Friday. Tyler Ventura on Russia Today. I don't know if you watched yeah. the call. I, mean, I I didn't know, I wasn't aware he was on RT because I, I I remember when he started the off the grid thing. It was just a little web thing, but. Johnny got picked up. Yeah. But again, the, 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 as I said earlier, um, if you've heard of someone they've been gotten to, and I would say... But the thing is, though, another really good analogy is rat poison. If you put just straight-up poison, like strychnine, out, a rat's not going to eat that. It's got to be mixed in with something that he actually is tasty and you know he actually wants to eat. So, and peanut butter, and peanut butter, whatever, right? So, there are all kinds of different, all all kinds of voices in the media and the alternative media, and you you have to become smart enough to beat around the bits that are <laughs> not so great. Because like there's um like Mike Mike Rivera the what really happened guy I mean he's he's he does great stuff on you know um, the global warming scam what Israel's up to the bankers and all these sort of things but he will hang up at anyone who even mentions the word chemtrails so oh I know I know I know what but where does he, that he, come from it's controlled opposition gatekeeper but he still has some good information so he's still a good resource and you but you know okay. It's full of, you know, excrement on that one subject. And, you know, there's, there's truth. Cause like, I mean, the scumbags have to tell us. 
what they're going to do. So, it, you know, find stuff. They'll put stuff in foreign affairs. Oh, yeah, we're going to invade yeah. Syria next year. You know? So, I, I'm, 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 in, I'm in disagreement with that notion. I don't know where this ever came from that um, that the other side has to tell us what they're doing. I don't believe that. I think that's a big scam. Um, I mean, because if I was going to do evil on you, I sure as heck wouldn't tell you. No, you wouldn't. No, I wouldn't, and I don't know anybody else that would. That's not logical. That's not logical. We're not dealing with logical people. These are sociopathic and bred. Well, yeah, they're sociopaths, but that's still not logical. But they do have this... It, it doesn't make sense, but they do have this revelation of methods thing, and everything that they've done, they put in movies or novels or said, okay, okay we're so, going to do this. Okay, okay, but the only thing I want to ask you is, what evidence do you have that they have this, that they have this obligation? I've never heard this. It's in uh, Morals and Dogma by Albert Pike. He, he talks about it. Yep. Revelation well, method. It's a, it's a legalistic thing. It's just the way they. That's just the, what, yeah. their code. And okay. they've always done I, it. And they, okay, I'm not. I, I won't argue, but I'm just saying. Why would I do that if I was your opposition? I would never do that. Never. Hey, Jim. Jim. That's, a, that's, right. a, that's like that's like if I was playing football, and. I knew I was going to kick your butt, but I'm going to give you my pay, my my play plan to show you how I'm going to kick your butt. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but because if you put other, it... Because the opposition would go, oh, well, here's your plan. Well, here's our counter. We're going to kick your butt. That doesn't well, make any thing, sense. That, that's, why, that's why they put it in fiction. And they won't actually give you specific dates of exact, okay, we're going to do it on this particular date. But like the, um, yeah. if you've been to an airport recently and you get felt up at the airport and they have X-ray machines and stuff, that was in Total Recall in the in the mid '80s. We got when when Schwarzenegger's going to Mars, he goes through this thing and you can see a skeleton, like Brave New World, um, mm. 1984, all that stuff. I mean. Like, Brave New World is talking about genetic engineering before they supposedly discovered DNA. They always, always, always put stuff in movies or books or something. They wouldn't say, oh, by the way, hey, guys, we're actually going to do this thing over here. They didn't put it like that, but they will always let, let the people know. Um, well, Albert okay. Pike said... And, 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 and I, I will agree with that. I will agree yeah. with what you just said. Yeah. However, I don't see that as them uh, having this having this uh, obligation that they have to notify us. I think what that is is that is people that are questioning what they've been taught and are going. I need to somehow try to notify the people. It's it's not done by a group think. Uh, we've got to notify the people because this is our obligation. It's one man or one woman saying this isn't right, and I've got to try to figure out how to get this into this show. So you think it's the whistleblowers? I think it's a whistleblower saying, 
Hey, hey, you better check this out. I will say this. Before 9-11, on one particular um, compact disc label, there was 9-11 on the Twin Tower explosion depicted on there in the artwork. And also in numerous Hollywood movies, years before 9-11-2001, they they forecasted 9-11. I got one for you. Even on those Jewish cards they had, those Jewish playing cards, you remember that? (laughs) Hey, 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 Jim, wait a minute. Six corporations own 90% of the media. Now, hear me out. You know who owns the media. Number one. Organizations, the news media gets their organization gets their news reports from United Press, and you know who owns the United Press? Reuters, and you know who owns Reuters? The Rothschilds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. That's it. I get it. Oh. It's controlled, controlled media, and if they question anything that they don't want them to question, they get fired. Remember Helen Thomas? She got fired. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, okay, but what about Brian Williams? What about Brian Williams who made this? And it wasn't even a big deal. But he comes out and says, I didn't tell you the truth about this. And it, was, it wasn't a big deal. But he's out of there. He's gone. So there's a different token. I flew in a helicopter with these guys, with these with these army or special forces, whatever, and I was there. And in fact, I wasn't. I was in a helicopter behind. Not a big deal. Blah blah blah. They didn't tell us up front, but then he comes up, and now he's gone. Well, a lot of people were talking about that. They knew he was full of crap. And the same thing with the Hillary Clinton thing. She was under fire when she went to that Bosnia thing. And there's a video of her walking around with no gunshot. So, you know, they'll, they'll I mean, frank, the frankly, frankly, I don't believe any of it anymore. Well, I, of I course. Can't. I, you, you got, you got to assume. I, I always assume that whatever I'm being told is bogus. And if, I'll little look into it and find out if it's true or not. But he always said the default position is like, yeah, they're 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 full of crap. And then, but but then, you can figure out from what they're lying about is what they're actually trying to do. You know, so like any time sure. some scarlet has her boot fall out, you then you have to like, oh crap, there must be some vote on Benghazi or something. <laughs> you was like, okay, what else is happening? Any time everybody starts talking about one thing. You know, it's it's you know it's 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 like the magician's pretty assistant kind of thing. Yeah. Well, which is one of my uh, pet peeves. Um, if this is my government, then I need to know exactly what's going on all the time, and I don't need it being filtered. Uh, it's all. It's all, it's all. It's all theater, though. It is. It is all theater. Right. Well, you know, the, it's, I, so I, don't, I, I pretty much ignore politics, but I do. Uh, it is interesting to see what they, whatever they're pushing, to, to find out what's supposedly coming down the pipe later on. Right. Hey, hey Patrick. Mel. Yeah. 
Are you familiar with a uh, man who I believe is living in the United Kingdom? And I haven't heard anything out of him lately, but used to see some YouTube videos by him. His name is Morris Herman. Oh, Morris. Doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, he's good. All right. He's on rents.com. You can get that. Hey, the only Herman. H E R M A N Herman. And it's yeah. a, how do you spell his first name? Is it M O R R I S or Maurice? M O R R I S. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, you could. He has his on. He puts his videos on Rinse.com. Okay. Here, Mel. I have something to add. <laughs> Hello. I have something to add. Yeah, oh, go ahead, Mel. The show's been going for two hours, and, and Mel has been on for four minutes, and she won't ask a question. That she I, I got on earlier, but I was going to comment about rents. Um, rents, uh, uh, rents has a time slot open right now. If uh, if anybody knows, you know, rents has a time slot open right now for somebody to do a show, but I don't know anything about it. I don't know when it is. I don't know for how long. So are you telling me that I can go in and have a show of my own right now on rent? Well, okay. if, thanks, if you're thanks, approved, if you, if you uh, beat out everybody else. Well, I think I will. Thank you. Hey, Jim Palmasano. I got that? a good email. I got a good email for you to really make you mad. <laughs> Okay, I'm listening. Well, you have to. It's a long one, but you have to read it. It's a good one. Email it to me. No, I don't have your email. Hey, I'll tell you what. Email yeah, you me do your have my email. Yeah, yes, I don't have your email. You just sent me email your email the other day. No, I don't have your email. Okay, I'll give it to you later. No, yeah, I've got your on. email. I'm the one that sent you an email the other day, Jim. This is Ray. Oh, well, oh, Ray. That's Sam. Okay, well, send, Ray, send him my email. Anyway, okay. I'll tell you. Send I me his email, one, Ray. I'll do it. I had, I had one one situation, and it was actually yesterday, where I actually thought I got through to a dumbass. And this is one of my friends who won't listen to me at all. He listens to the mainstream. And I think it was this, I think I got it off of Ben Swan, and it was, uh, I think it was Harry, I think it was Harry Reid that said, that came out to the Republican leadership and said, um, I learned everything about the Iranians from when I, uh, from when I worked in a uh, pool hall. Has anybody heard that? No. Uh, uh, somebody said yes. Nobody no, I heard didn't. That? No. No. Okay. Well, here's what he said to the Republican leadership. He said, "I learned everything about the Iranians when I when I worked in a pool hall." Uh-huh. And then he and he says and he says. When I was a kid, I worked in a pool hall, and I dealt with a bunch of liars. And I know that the Iranians are lying to us. 
That was that was his that was his deal. Yeah. And I got I showed that to a, to this friend of mine, and I said, "Okay, I want you to read this." And he looked at it and he goes, "He didn't say that." And I said, "Yeah, he did. He said it right in front of the Republican leadership." And he shook his head, and I went, "Okay, I'm, maybe I'm making some ground with this guy." Because he doesn't believe anything that I tell him. That's most of America, too. That's most of America. It, it's hard. It's it's hard to get stuff through to them. You know, two F-16s were sh- shot down in Yemen. You know that. And Saudi Arabia has no F-16s, airplanes. The only ones that have that in that, that area are Israel. So is Israel flying flights over... Yemen and bombing Yemen, or did they Israel give the F-16s to is Saudi Arabia to bomb Yemen? Anything, anything that you see that's going on that's wacko, I would, uh, I would totally implicate Israel. Right. Well, today I read on Veterans Today a short article by Gordon Duff. He's claiming that. The bombing that's done in Yemen is neutron bombs. Yeah, I saw that, right? I got the link you sent me, and uh, it's on. You can simply Google veterans today, and then put uh, the bomb blast. Uh, yeah, that's. I appreciate you sending that link. Dude, are are you guys familiar about the big breakup over at Veterans Today? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Veteran. Well, Fetzer and also Stu Webb, I think, parted ways I don't, with I don't, Duff. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't trust um, Gordon Duff at all. Because, and here's why, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I, I kept listening to to that program and listening to it and listening to it, and Gordon would sit there and he'd talk about. Man, I here's here's my living situation. I've got all this land. I've got this house. I've got all this stuff and everything. And he would sit there and he would tell everybody, "We're broke. We need money for this, you know, to keep this program going." And I'm going, "Well, wait a minute. You keep telling everybody you got all this money. Mm-hmm. Are you not going to? Are you guys not going to donate any money to this?" And then all of a sudden this breakup comes, and I'm going, okay, there's a problem here. I don't trust the guy because I don't think he's ever given a dime to veterans today. And he bragged. He bragged about he's set up. He doesn't have any worry for money. He's got this big security firm. He travels the world. He, when he travels, he's got guards all around him, blah, blah, blah. So apparently this guy's got a lot of money, but he's not going to donate anything to veterans today. I don't trust him. I think he's a liar, period. So I don't listen to Gordon Duff. I'm going to send out an email right now to Steve, Jim, and Sam, if if I have your permission to send it as, as all in one. Or, or would you rather me have it blind carbon copy or, or all together? BCC, always BCC. Always right, BCC. It's a go. good thing. Send it to yourself and BCC everybody else. That's the safest way to do stuff. Okay. I, I don't think it, I, I don't think it matters because NSA they they know oh, everything. Yeah. 
The subject line reads, fear tactic to scare people into taking the vaccine. I well, think you'll yeah. find this very interesting. It's it's well, two sure different it videos that you can compare what Bill Gates says in two different places. Yeah. He wants to kill African people. That, he wants that's, to reduce. That's interesting because you know, Ray, what you made is a good analogy there. Because and what was, Jim was saying also is uh, the fact that so many people soak up to CNN, the mainstream, and they watch all that garbage. Probably 95% when they say, come out and say, you know, everybody needs to take this vaccine because we had a, an accident with the military and, you know, we don't want people to get sick. So we want everybody to take this vaccine. And 95% of America will do it. <laughs> you know, we know better than to simply take somebody at, at you know, just the, the word or the mainstream media saying that. But most of America will do that. That's how stupid it is. They won't even think about it. So. Well, the two yeah, links. I mean, well, Steve, Steve, um, I've never had a flu vaccine, and I don't, I don't, and I'm not the healthiest guy in the world at all, by far. And I don't, I haven't had the flu. I haven't had the flu for I don't even remember the last time I had the flu. But I know a bunch of people that took the flu vaccine that have had the flu. Oh, so <laughs> I ain't buying the deal. <laughs> it's a scam. Well, in this email I just now sent out to y'all, Blind Carbon Cottage, it's got two videos. The second of the two uh, videos on there gives the purpose of the vaccination. You, you've probably seen the TED talk where Bill Gates yeah. is talking about getting the carbon dioxide uh, emissions down to almost zero, and, he, and mm-hmm. then he says you can do it by getting one of these numbers in the equation down to nearly zero, and he starts off with the population, the people, and, he, and then he says, through health care and vaccines, yeah. we can we can get that number down. All right. Now, that's, that's old uh, speech by him. This current speech, which has just hit the news on AOL, they made a big... Big production on there. This wasn't just some press conference. This was a big production. AOL put the dramatic music into the video and everything, trying to really play on the people's emotions. And Gates gets on there, and he's really got nothing substantial behind it, but you can tell he's hyping it. He's trying to trying to instill fear in the public, saying that he thinks in his lifetime we're going to have some sort of a pandemic that's going to be more devastating, quicker killing than Ebola, and that it will wipe out. And he, he pulls some figure out of the air, 33 million people. Oh, well, so he, the, they he love the number told, 33. He just, yeah, yeah, that's a very interesting number. Oh, yeah. He just told you, he just told you what, he's, what they've got planned. So I figure you know. that now he's trying to scare people. In the, leg, the next thing he's going to say is, we're going to have to have a vaccine for this so that you won't get this. And now we know we already knew what the vaccine is going to do. Yeah. Well, what happened okay, to the Ebola you know, virus? Oh, okay, I'm, let's actually, do a little. Why don't, why don't we do a little counter? Why don't we do a little counter uh, intelligence type stuff? And why don't we start putting out that uh, we need um, everybody that's in the banking system and er- anybody that that's worth more than a million dollars, they need to be vaccinated. Uh, uh, because they're a danger to the the rest of the people in the world. 
And let's see how they react to that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. You know, I mean, oh, here, here, here's the thing. Uh, th- there was a, um, a BBC TV show called Utopia. See if you can get hold of it uh, on the torrent or something. That The story in that was that there was some shadowy government organization who manufacture a Russian flu, which is actually, uh. actually kill people, but they actually engineer the vaccine to sterilize everybody. And yeah. they put that on TV. Dang. Well, that's what they've been, that's what they've been doing. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's it's, it's that's rebel, that's that revelation method right there. It's plain as day what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that we don't have enough people woken up that are realizing that, hey, you know, when when you have a mother or father that's in their 60s, 70s, or 80s, and they're on nine, eight or nine different uh, uh, pharmaceuticals, and you're going, wait a minute. Did your mom and dad do that? No. Well, why are you doing that? Well, because the doctor said. Actually, my dad, back in the 70s, his mother, my grandmother on my father's side, she was on all kinds of crap. And she was, like, basically a drooling imbecile and failing health. And he said, fuck it, taking her off every damn thing. And boom, back, back to normal. So yep. th- this this plan, they've been doing this. This Rockefeller medicine thing's been going on for at least a hundred years. Yeah. And oh yeah. Yeah. I just yeah avoid doctors. <laughs> hey, hey Ray, 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 yeah. tell them about stevia. Oh yeah. Uh, he Patrick's already mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, uh, there was, I saw it on YouTube. It's uh, it's actually in eco science. It's a sterilant. That boy yeah, John B. Holdren said, "Oh yeah, let's yeah we can get if we can get these like dumbasses to take stevia, they'll sterilize themselves." <laughs> sure enough, yeah. you know it's it like really you know, oh. and it's been promoted as like the cool, healthy new alternative to aspartame. Yeah, damn, there you go. It's, it's fluoride is another toxin. <laughs> yep. Uh huh. <laughs> now you're talking about the Rockefeller uh, pharmaceutical thing's been going yeah. on for a long, long time. If oh, you can yeah. get if you can find it online, sometimes you can find a PDF of it online. I've actually got a uh, the cut, cut poison burn one. Hello. It was I called Super Drug saw... Story by Morris Beal, and in okay. that he he brings you from John D. Rockefeller up through the 1950s. Um, of of how that they how how that Rockefeller took control of the medical establishment in this country by mm-hmm. by um, offering money to the medical schools and taking control of the pharmaceutical industry because he found out he could make a ton of money by making drugs out of his crude oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Who was who was more who was Morris Bill? Because uh, Diane on on talk show, uh, she can't talk, but she was wanting to find out 
it, it, give give the exact spelling and and the the link on that again. Was he just an author, or who who was Morris Bill? Morris Morris M O R R A excuse me M O R R I S middle initial A last name Beal capital B E A L L E. Okay. And I'm reading here a little blurb about him. It says in the 1930s. Morris Beale, a former city editor of the old Washington Times and Herald, was running a county seat newspaper in which the local power company bought a large advertisement every week. The account took quite a lot of worry off Beale's shoulders when the bills came due, but according to Beale's own story, one day the paper took up... I don't want to read all that, but anyway, I'm getting that off of... Um, okay. I another think website. Cool. But what you want to look cool. for is a book called the drug story, or his later one called Super Drug Story. Now, the one I Xerox was called Super Drug Story. I think that was in the in the fifties. Well, since we uh, since uh, uh, Gordon Duff was brought up, uh, uh, since that uh, separation, um, uh, Stu Webb and um, Oh, what's his counterpart? Um, he's got um, oh, a military guy. Um, anyway, but they've they've started up they've started up a new a, a new veteran uh, website and and a uh, and, and 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 a network uh, a, a talk show network. Well. I don't know if I, I just listened to this. It was either last night or the night before. Anybody ever heard of Bruce Campbell? Yes. Oh yeah, to mean the the actor? No. 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 Bruce Campbell was uh, uh according to the FBI or the CIA, was labeled as the one that started the militia movement back in the nineties. Huh. Well, he was on the show, and he admits to it. He says, absolutely, I did. Absolutely, I did. And he goes on, and he, he, he's he got a whole different look on what needs to be done right now. And with what he said, I was like, wow, I can't believe that you said this stuff but he did and he said no we know who the enemy is we know what they're doing this is what needs to be done and I went wow because I, he didn't pull any punches he said who to go after why and I was like oh my god I'm not this is this is shocking. It it but but I tell you what, it's coming down. It's coming head to head. You know this this Jade Helm deal. I don't trust it at all. <laughs> um, there's too much movement of uh, property going on in the states, uh, and it's going on in Canada. Huh. Hell, I found out that I had a unit here in Missouri that was shipping equipment up to Canada. What the fuck are they doing that for? I'll bet there's, there's got to be activity in Mexico as well, which you're not hearing about. 
and and from what I understand, this isn't this isn't isolated to the United mm-hmm. States. From what I understand, uh, this plan is going on where, wherever the hell we are, and we're in what 190 countries. Yep. Yeah. So, what the hell is going on? And Jade Helm's going to last three months. Figure that out. Three two, months. Two months. Two months. Two months. No, three months till September fifteenth, June fifteenth to September fifteenth. Well, count that up. That's two months. Anyway, but still, I mean, for what purpose? Martial law. Well, and I've 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 heard I've I've talked to guys in, in the, the local militia about it, and they're like, they just need a different place to to train because uh, the situations they set up on the posts, well, it's it's the same thing over and over, and it's really not teaching them anything. And I go, no bullshit. Well, well yeah, because they have they have entire towns set up. For training for urban warfare in the United States. Well, so, I mean, yeah, it's either it's either you're setting up for warfare in the U.S. or you've got another plan to go into another country. So, what country is it that we're going into? Oh well, I don't know that. Well, then, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Check your email, Steve. I just sent you a link to where you could read the drug story online. Yeah, actually. Oh, it's online. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll yeah I just, I just, I just sent it to you. With Diane, and uh, she works at a library. So, uh, but, yeah, uh, the book's out of print. It's going to be hard to find, but you can read it online with the link I sent. Okay, I'll, I'll share that. Thanks, Ray. Sure. And, you know, you know, all it is is that we all need to just keep our eyes open. Yeah. Out our mouths. <laughs> What's that? Keep that. Out our mouths too. We're gonna talk. Gotta keep talking to people. Eyes and mouths open. I mean, because really, if you look at everything that's going on, I mean, you know, when I heard, when I saw the, uh, uh, what Ben Swan posted on this senator's comment, I went, "You gotta be kidding me, really." He said this, and he did. Actually, to play, to play devil's advocate, though, um, the powers that be control us by keeping us all afraid and on edge. So, like, I thought, I, I thought the hammer was going to drop back in '07, and then '08 came, and '09, and so on, and they never, you know, because the, the sort of you know, the, the nightmarish 1984 kind of tanks everywhere and, you know, lock and load kind of situation never happened. But we, it was enough that it was the fear of that was out there. And is, could Jade Helm be yet another one of these things? Just like, let, let's keep, let's keep the, the, the cattle frightened. I don't know. Cause I, I, I know I know where you're coming from because that could very very well be the point is okay we're just going to keep them in fear yeah and that's mm-hmm. a possibility mm-hmm. but are you going to sit there and go 
Ah, uh, that's just a possibility. No, I don't want to be a possibility. I want to be ready. What can you do about it? Well, there's that um, really good Arab saying, you know, trust in Allah, but tie up your camel. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And what can you do? Um, whatever you can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, one of the one of the curious things that this uh, Bruce guy brought up was, I think one of the initial things was we have to get through to our military and let them know. This shit is, is this, what's being planned is not right. Mm-hmm. You guys have to open your minds and make sure you're on the right side. Yeah. That was, that was number one. Number two, he said, um, oh, what are you, neighborhood, neighborhood watches. He mm-hmm. said, neighborhood watches was the best idea that ever came out. Yeah. So that everybody in your neighborhood knows, everybody's watching, everybody knows who's who to call if something mm-hmm. weird goes on. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. I like that. Yeah. I can't remember the third thing, uh, but I think that it was similar to what I thought of is um, um, if you look at uh, if you look at the opposition, opposition goes okay. You got to take out the head. Which if Jade Helm is a is a uh, exercise to take out the head, right? Do you all follow? Uh, to me, Jade Helm seems like a tentacle. Well, head. yeah, yeah, but 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 if 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 uh, their little drill down in Florida was a exercise in uh, civilian uh, detainment, mm-hmm. well, who are they going to come after first? The ones they're worried about. Well, my take okay. on that, my take well, on that, oh, being first on the list, if, if there is a list, we should all be afraid. <laughs> so, it doesn't yep. matter. If, well, like, no, no, well, not. and I mean, no, I'm not going to be afraid because if it, if it comes to that, it comes to that. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. But, but, but the rec- recognition of that, if that's a possibility, well, okay, so from, from, the other side, uh, the opposition. Um, okay, so what's what, what, what's our plan? And I say, take out the head. If you know what the head is, I got a pretty good idea what the head is. <laughs> yeah, thing is, you know, for all we know. Like, the Rothschilds might be front guys for whoever's the real power behind them. They might be the public face of whatever the... You know, we, I I really don't know. 
I mean, I think they probably, but I don't know. You know, it could be some un, some something we've never heard of. It's 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 tough. I mean, the who thing is always the hardest question for me to when people ask, "Oh, who's, well, who's behind it?" Okay, so second guess yourself and go. Well, I'm not really sure who they are. Yeah, but does the other side really know who? They're looking for. Well, we know who. Well, yeah, we know, we know who's running things because I mean, the most obvious thing is is the atrocity of having Benjamin Netanyahu address Congress in this country. You gotta be kidding! He's a, you gotta he's be a furniture. He's a furniture salesman, ex furniture salesman. So he's not. He, he's not the decider. I mean, he takes his orders from whoever gives him the orders. Same with all our all our puppets. He's part of the Israeli Israeli in motion deal from even before nine eleven. But I mean, he is the most evil of evil. Period. But I mean, God Almighty! I, when, I, when I saw that, I said, "You've got to be kidding me!" But uh, that that was his, that was nauseating to me when he, he came to address Congress. I mean, I couldn't believe that. I well, can't now. Who controls yeah. Congress? Well, but and, and we already and we already have we, we what's her name Cynthia um, um, McKinney uh, Cynthia out of uh, McKinney 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 yeah McKinney. yeah she already, told us, she already told us that she was going to be required to take an oath to. Important to defend Israel, and she said no. Well, if it happened to her, it's happening to all of us. And oh, yeah. we already seen, and we've already seen the pictures of Rand Paul that with a massive, a massive flag behind him, and it wasn't the United States flag. <laughs> you saw that one? Actually, I mean, you know, it, it, it was. I, I, saw, I saw this photo of him. It was like not long after he got elected. And it was, and he was in his office in the Capitol, and on the wall behind him, covering the entire, almost covering the entire frickin' wall with a giant frickin' Israeli flag. And this is in in his congressional office in in the Capitol. It was like wow. Well, I have two thoughts on Rand Paul. I have two thoughts because I find it really, really difficult to think that him and his father are so far apart. Yeah. I can only think of two scenarios. Either either Rand is just ignoring his father or he's got a plan. And, he, and he's going to play a, I along. Have a, I, have, I, I have a third. I have a third one. Well, go ahead, man. I want to hear it because that's the only thing uh, I can that, think of. His father, even though he he sounds in my gut, tell, you know, tells me that, you know, he's a good person and everything he was doing was great and stuff, that he knew that he couldn't do anything effective being the one doctor no, but he, and the, the powers that be let him continue doing that. But he, behind the scenes, was had agreed with the 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 agenda 
And he, he just served his purpose as being like, a, you know, a sort of a, a pressure valve okay. or whatever. Okay, okay. Uh, so, uh, so, and his son is actually just being more open about what the actual agenda really is. Okay, and, and so let me bring up the four. If, if yeah. we're going to bring up if we're going to bring up the third, let's bring up the four. Yeah. He's been doing this. He, he'd been doing this for what? 30 years plus whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I was heavily involved in his campaign. I, I'm totally convinced he was threatened. Oh yeah. Not only, like the Senate, like the Senate was. Okay. Not only himself, but his family. Oh, of course, yeah. Okay. So it might be a point of, um, okay, he was real. He knew he couldn't be elected. Um, His life was threatened, which I believe, Uh especially after John John F. Kennedy's speech. Yeah. Um, um, Rand... Uh, well, and and I think he walked away. I think he walked away from the campaign because it was getting too hairy. Hell, I got yeah. threatened at the. I got threatened at the at the at the caucus level. I mean, Why? Well, they, he, I, I, he, the thing is, though, the you got to remember back to the actual time when he he pretty much said, "Okay, we're gonna." He was gonna support, you know, whatever the the the. the the anointed opposition was it Perry? Or, no, it was, it was the other guy. Whatever his name was. But anyway, his campaign manager Jesse Benton contacted the um, the other campaign and said, "Oh, hey, we're going to endorse you." Before he even talked to Ron Paul, he got stabbed in the back by his own campaign manager. Well, so, you know, I, I don't think he walked away. I think he was pushed from within his own campaign. Well, and uh, I will but, tell you, and I don't, and I don't think he had any illusions that he that he would be ever let anywhere near the White House, and he and he did, he 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 really struck a, a chord, and there was like like I I saw him in Berkeley, Berkeley, which is like you know, you know all about Berkeley. There was it was supposed to be inside a hole. There was no freaking way they could fit all these people, and there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people showed up. And it was pretty much dangling from the trees to all near it. And it was it was it was it was, it was great. Um but yeah, he 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 under I mean he he's seen it he knows how it works. And um but I am I am disappointed in, in Rand and I think I think I think maybe he means well and he's just trying to play the game so we can do a little bit working within the system, but you can't work within a toxic system. It's just hey sold out. Totally sold out. Totally yeah. sold out. I mean, I, I, I don't see. I, I don't. I, that, that's that's my question. Is that is he playing the game? So that, well, that if, he is. if if he can if he if he can manipulate himself into power, and then he's going to say, "All right, screw you, fooled you nope. all. Uh, here's nope. the deal. I'm I'm the head honcho. You're either going to kill me." Or I'm taking control, and we're going back to the old way, and that's no, what no. I'm wondering. I don't. No, know. Well, I mean, remember J- JFK was a men- he was he was a member of the CFR, you know, and he turned out okay. But I I don't know. Yeah. I think if, once you start, if if you compromise at all ever, 
your you your your yeah. I've actually I've camp. Yeah, I, I ran a congressional campaign. There was this guy, John Fitzgerald. Actually, if you, if, if you, if you go on the website still up there, it's johnfitzgeraldforcongress.com. So um, I, was, I was part of We Are Change here in San Francisco, and a guy came to the meeting and said, oh, hey, there's, there's someone running for Congress in the East Bay on 9-11 Truth. I'm like, sweet, I'm in. So I, I became his campaign manager. We, we, we ran on chemtrails, vaccines, GMO, like everything. We, and... Nothing was off limits, and um, <laughs> to, to be completely committed to truth and just everything out in the open. But as soon as you say, "Oh, let's not talk about this thing because it's politically damaged," no. Once, if, if you're willing to compromise anything, you're 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 compromisable. Right. And I I I, I can't see him. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he'll do some good. You know, he's you know the he's he's against you know, like you know spying and stuff, but um, he's not a Cynthia McKinney. And they got rid of her. Uh, actually, back to the the Kucinich comment that I made earlier, because uh, saw through the well, whole Obamacare that, thing. And well, he, and then, that was go ahead. So. Uh, he, he he was the holdout saying, "Look, no, this this this, this plan's a bullshit. It's all it's all written by the drug companies and insurance companies. I'm against it. We want to have he wanted single payer, and he was he was holding out and he was very very vocal about it. And then he got invited on to Air Force One, and he and he and he went for a flight. I don't know if they threatened to push him out the door or something, but when they landed, he came up and said, "Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I." I, I now approve. This line is now muted. Healthcare plan. And he did not look happy about it. He got, they must have threatened it. You know, I, I think they would have, you know, said, well, you know, nice wife you have there. It'd be a shame if, you know, if something, something terrible happened to her, wouldn't it? Nudge, nudge. Well, or something along okay. the direct. Well, and that kind of reinforces my point. And, and yeah. the point is, the point is, is that Ron... This line is now unmuted. Seventies. He was there for thirty some odd years, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I trust him. He, I trust him. And well, and he stood firm. But when he got into the presidential campaign, and I mean to tell you, there was no opposition to him. I was there. I saw it. I saw yeah. it. They freaked out. They didn't know mm-hmm. what to do with us. They had to. They had to get criminal, and I think um, uh, the 2008 campaign. I think that um, uh, they did a pretty well job on him. But by the 2012 campaign, it got too wow. hairy. It got too hairy. Yeah, Jim. We got to cut. We got to cut. Talk shoe loose. Uh, everybody, just hold on one second while we drop talk shoe. Hold on. Yeah, tell, I thought we were already off. Damn, <laughs> I didn't want to be recorded on that deal. Yeah, I know. Oh. Uh, they they know everything I'm saying anyway. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey Jim, I, I hear you. Yeah, and Jim and Patty, they already got the next president picked out, so it doesn't matter. Oh how yeah, you vote. the next two. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, yeah. the fraud. The fraud here, here's the point: How the hell could a guy like Obama get elected for eight years? Well, 
Well, I guess <laughs> the rhetorical well, okay. question. <laughs> okay, let me tell you right now, uh, and, and I truly believe this, is that um, those uh, the puppet masters are really yep. freaking scared. Yeah, because we're talking to one another. They don't they're like scared. That. They're scared because. Oh. American Underground Network. I mean, because if you look at it, uh, 